Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 98 of Thirst and Goal. And Ben, can you believe it? Only two episodes away from episode 100. Yes, we are off into syndication with Friends and Seinfeld after that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, can you believe it? We just passed our two-year anniversary on November 4th, 2020. Uh, Long gone are the days of the big board, the actual <laughs> physical big board, and We've upgraded the, our, uh, our stuff, the uh, the Yeti microphone and the Amazon microphone, uh, and uh, you know we've just I feel like we've come a, a really long way in the last two years. What do you think? Oh man, it's it's still just as much fun episode ninety eight as it was that first episode. We were kind of nervous. We weren't sure what to say, but now Ben, I mean, you have an agenda. When it's correct, yeah. At times, Which is, it's uh, not. You know, but Ben, I mean, half the I, I, I got to give it to you. You put these agendas together week after week after week, and it's always something new to talk about. Even the off season, when there's almost nothing to talk about, you always have actually the most to talk <laughs> yeah, about. That's true. I like and, the off season better, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, tonight it's me and it's me and Ben. Now, you know, Sonia will join us eventually. My name is Franny, by the way. Uh, but you know, it's it's us two uh, tonight. And uh, Sonia wants the playoffs. I'm guessing begin then she will eventually make her return to the podcast she's inside watching 90 day fiance or something like that ben unfortunately you can't you can't watch it with her yeah that's true (laughs) or something to that effect uh yeah i was you know a little bit concerned this season that it wouldn't be as much fun for frane given the start that the philadelphia eagles had to the season and well, the continuation of the start that the Philadelphia Eagles had to the season, been. but luckily they're in the NFC East, so yeah, five so wins should do it. It could. It potentially could get us into the playoffs, and it's pretty sad. It is yeah. pretty sad, Ben. But you know they're they're coming together. They have people coming back. You know Sanders is coming back. Jeffrey's coming back. Djack at some point in his career will play a full season, mm. even if it's the last season of his career. Hey, well, ben, we suck. But the Steelers are eight and zero. Oh. Eight and zero. Oh. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, this is the first time, first time ever in the history of the Steelers, and the Steelers have been around since what nineteen thirty three. Yep, that's when they were founded, and this is the first time ever that they've been eight and zero, oh, and potentially they could go to nine and zero. Oh. There was some fear there that Roethlisberger might not play, but. Looks, Looks like, like he back. will play. I mean, curse you, Andy Reid and, and the Kansas your, City Chiefs. Why must you be in our gear. way? You have all your gear on. You got yep. your Steelers sweatshirt, your Steelers beanie. You got your Steelers bubble jacket. I'm sure you have Steelers underwear. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it is. I have socks. But I'm sure you're excited. I'm sure all Steelers fans out there are very excited with this start. Yeah, this time last year I was sporting my duck Bella Devlin huh. Hodges jersey that has been hanging in the closet ever since. Uh, but, Franny, how was your week this week? Uh, it was a good week, Ben. It actually flew by. I mean, you know, I don't even remember Monday. I mean, it just seemed like it went straight to Friday. It was a quick week. It was um, it was, it was good. It was good about you. Yeah, well, not too bad. Uh, not too bad. We, you usually, know, I had, we usually don't hear that from you. Yeah, that's true. Well, I did have – I had a day off, uh, you know, following my, my birthday, and we had Veterans Day. You know, thank you all to – uh, to all the veterans out there, 
uh, present and past. So we had Veterans Day off. So that was a little bit of a nice little break in the middle of the week. Not me. And uh, Franny did not get <laughs> Veterans Day off. We, they don't do that uh, anymore. So, but they will punish me next week, I'm sure, for those days off, as is always the case. Uh, but actually, this week wasn't too bad, to be quite honest with you. Uh, what are you drinking over there, Franny? Uh, tonight, Ben, I'm continuing to drink the Sazerac rye with a little bit of Coke and a little bit of Club Soda. Yeah, that's a nice rye for the price. It is. It is. It is yeah. a very good rye for the price, and I mean, it's it's a good mixer and it's a good sipper. What about you, Ben? I am continuing to drink as well the Plymouth Gin. This is a London or, or a, a British dry gin. I am drinking it actually with some lime, some tonic, a sprig of rosemary, and I learned a new technique mm-hmm. this week. Pretty you actually take the rosemary, light it on fire, blow it out, and then put your glass over top of the smoking rosemary and allow the smoke from the rosemary to just become part of the inside of the glass. And in these colder months, it really adds a nice flavor to the gin and tonic. Does it make a uh, difference? It does. It yeah. does. And well, it smelled really nice. I mean, after you put the glass over uh, the burning um, rosemary, it actually smelled really nice on the inside. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to continue to do this, especially through the winter months when we're, you know, we're getting into the holiday season and that rosemary should be in the air <laughs> and in your drinks as well. Uh, but yeah, it was a really interesting te- technique. I just happened to see it. I think they made a, it was a rum drink that they that they made with it, but but the, you can also use it for gin and tonic. Uh-huh. And I use that tonight and it actually adds a nice smoky sort of uh, rich rosemary flavor both to the gin and tonic as well as to the glass when you're putting your lips on the glass. Mm-hmm. Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have our NFL news as usual. We also have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We have our NFL Week 9 recap and Week 10 picks. We have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Ben's 8-0 Steelers, Sonya's 6-2 Seahawks, and then the pretty crappy Philadelphia Eagles oh, at three, stop it. four, and one. And we also have our shot of the week, which is in honor of the Steelers, Ben. We're continuing to make these spicy shots. They're getting worse after week after week after week. they're getting spicier week. and spicier. And tonight we have a jalapeno-infused yeah, shot yeah. with tequila and uh, pineapple juice, a little bit of lime juice. I mean, and there's tahini. Ben, the tahini is there. Yeah, it's on the jalapeno, it's on so the I don't know how I'm going to get it off of there. Uh, you got to lick it off. You got you to take a bite. Into the uh, jalapeno. Uh, but, tune in for that, folks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's called the, and it was a great name, Ben, the Jalapeno. Yes, exactly. And let's go for nine. Let's go for nine, Ben. We also have our beverage of the week, which is a cognac. We haven't had a cognac in quite a few weeks. This is uh, Hein? Hein? I'm not, I, I, <laughs> We're probably wrong. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but that's the way it's spelled. That's the way I'm going to pronounce it, H-I-N-E. Hein and uh, it looks. I mean, the the glass. I mean, the uh, the bottling is 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 very fantastic. Nice. I mean, it's actually all of the cognac bottles are very nice, and uh, I can't wait to try that. We also have our beer of the week, Ben, which is our first beer from the continent of Africa. I mean, this is from Kenya. Yep. I'm very interested to try this one. It's Tusker. There's an elephant on the beer itself on the label. And so I'm excited to try that. We've never had one from Africa, so that's going to be pretty interesting. And we also have our betting corner, our Thurston Gold betting corner. 
which should actually be called Ben's Benning Corner, not the Thurston Gold Benning Corner, because it's all about you, Ben. Yeah, I've been getting You're hammered good. lately, though. Really? Oh, uh, well, you know. And we also have our housekeeping to finish up the night. All right, Friday. What's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, we have our NFL news. Yeah, and thankfully, you know, we're here going into week 10, and no news is good news. We haven't had a lot of news to talk about. We'll try. Friday always tries to get us out of here or get you guys out of here uh, in around the two-hour mark, two-and-a-half-hour mark, and we never seem to be able to do that. Uh, so there wasn't really a lot of news this week other than individual player news that you know wasn't worth reporting on. Uh, so we just have a couple quick stories for you. First up, Big Ben sandwich between two players last week. Big Ben cannot get hurt. The hit that sent Big Ben Roethlisberger to the locker room briefly during Sunday's Pittsburgh Steelers victory, reportedly caused twice the injury as previously thought, and we gave up points because he was in a locker room. Uh, Roethlisberger suffered injuries in both knees while he was sandwiched between Dallas Cowboys defenders Neville Gallimore and Demarcus Lawrence after throwing the ball during a play late in the first half of a 24-19 win over the Cowboys. Roethlisberger appeared to be favoring his left knee, and he answered questions about a singular knee during a post-game video conference with the media. Regardless of how many knees are ailing, Ian Rappaport tweeted, there is cautious optimism that Roethlisberger will be healthy enough to play, and he is playing, not with, notwithstanding going on COVID-19 protocol this week. He will be playing tomorrow. Uh, asked after Sunday's game if there was any reason to be concerned the injury would affect him going forward. Roethlisberger said, no, I will be fine. Gallimore hit Roethlisberger from the front. And the momentum carried Roethlisberger into Lawrence while both knees got trapped. His feet, not being stuck in the turf, saved him from major injury. Rappaport's report read, Franny, what do you think about that hit that Roethlisberger took? We cannot lose I, this guy. I was worried. I was a little scared when I saw that. Uh, but he remained on the field. You know, he, he finished the drive. He went into the locker room, came back out, and he looked like his same old uncoordinated self out yeah, there. So true. whether he has a knee injury or no knee injury, He's the same guy. And, uh, you know, he was sort of standing still in the pocket, still got the ball out, still scored the touchdown, right? I believe he threw the wa- the, the uh, ball to Washington at the corner of the end zone. Um, to Right? That, that was that at the end of the drive. Oh, at the end of the yeah, drive. Yeah. The the drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he did score a touchdown. He remained in the game. And, uh, I mean, I was, I was worried, though. I mean, because you never know with those types of injuries. You know, I remember Carson Wentz remained on the field. Yep. Even when he tore his ACL, he was still out there for another drive. But, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was moving around a little bit better but at his at his age you always have to be concerned about you know those minor injuries that could keep him sidelined just like uh last year i mean it didn't look like his shoulder was really bothering him but or his elbow actually was really bothering him um and i, I think he was on the field for the, to finish that drive yeah, he was. as well he was. so it's it, i was worried i'm sure you were worried as well yeah though. and it's hard to tell with Roethlisberger because he does have you know, let's be honest. He has a history of acting, for lack of a better word. Uh, there are a lot of, you know, he makes it sometimes seem more serious than it is when he's injured to just, make that heroic. He's so uncoordinated. Yeah, to make he, that you don't heroic. even know if he's healthy. So last year, you know, when his elbow, you know, when he hurt his elbow in that game, we thought, okay, no big deal. Uh, turned out to be a really big deal. Uh, this week, he goes, you know, short of halftime, gets sandwiched, goes into the locker room after that drive. We are, we end up in scoring position, but are unable to get some points at the end of that half because Mason Rudolph is on the field. And this is why, you know, I get it. You take Jordan Love in the first round. You're the Green Bay Packers. 
That means there's a player that's not on the field. There's no first rounder on the field helping out your present team. But when you're in the situation that the Steelers are in with Roethlisberger, we literally have no backups. Uh, these guys, Josh McDown or McCown, just got picked up, I think, by mm-hmm. Baltimore or by Houston hey, J- or somebody. Jalen, Jalen Hurts was there. And Jalen Hurts could have picked up Jalen Hurts. We just never have those veteran guys. I mean, anymore. We used to, but we just don't have those guys on our roster anymore. So we are really light at the quarterback position with uh, Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. And Mason Rudolph looked horrific at the end of that half. So big men cannot get hurt. Yeah, he did, he did not look good out there. He didn't look comfortable. No. In the pocket. I mean, he threw, what, a two-yard pass, and he threw another pass down the field. For like a yard and a half? Yeah, and then he threw it over the head of the receiver to try to get into field goal range right there. I mean, you kicked the field goal at the end of the game, right? At the end of the half right there, right? Uh, uh, Or maybe we got three, but we could have scored a touchdown there. Either way, I mean, he cannot. We cannot afford to lose big Ben Roethlisberger. So offensive line has got to protect him, and he's got to be smarter about standing in the pocket especially against a garbage team like the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk more about that. Yes, we'll definitely that talk more is about true. That. All right, Frontier, you're ready to move on. Let's move on. Next up, the NFL, you know, the people in New York City continue, continue to put out ridiculous playoff scenarios in case the season is not able to be finished. A full 16-game slate of games for all of the teams in the NFL. Frane, listen to this, these scenarios that the NFL has cooking. Uh, in 1982, the NFL used a 16-team postseason to determine a champion following a nine-game regular season resulting from a strike. In 2020, a 16-team postseason could happen again. On Tuesday, owners will consider a proposal that would expand the playoffs if any games are lost to the pandemic. And that means any games. That means if the Jets miss a game versus the Tampa Bay or the, uh, the, for example, the Cincinnati Bengals. As explained last week, the league's preference continues to be playing 256 games over 17 week, over 17 weeks, which also could potentially consist of an 18th week for games that had to be postponed that couldn't fit within the 17 week window. Plan C is an expanded postseason, and it could happen if only one game, one game can't be played despite an 18-week season. Uh, The move adopted by the owners, if adopted by the owners, has clear financial component. It would put simply restore losses arising from canceled regular season games. As explained last week, the NFL Players Association would have to agree to an expanded playoff field. Yeah, of course they would because you get paid more in the playoffs. (laughs) The union would give it serious consideration if it preserves money lost by the players due to the regular season games. Having 16 games instead of 14, or 16 teams instead of 14 teams in the postseason won't necessarily cure the percentage of unfair, the perception of unfairness based on some teams playing fewer than 16 games. If the ninth seed in either conference misses the window based on an inability to comp- compare records on an apples-to-apples basis, that team and its fans will be as unhappy as an eighth seed that would have been left out of a 14-team field thanks to winning percentages due to teams playing fewer than 16 games. Friday, what do you think about these ridiculous scenarios? There's a lot of math there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if one team, if two teams play each other with no chance of making the playoffs, 
you're going to dump two more teams into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I, that I, makes no sense to I, me. I don't think we should have expanded the field as it is. I, I was, I was quite oh, happy. Seven. With, yeah, I'm mean, knowing, but just having the way it was last season, you know, with uh, the one and two seeds getting the bye, and then you have the wild card round and all that. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have any problems with that. I don't know why we expanded. I mean, obviously there's dollar, more dollar money. Bill, there's more money involved in it, but you know, you know, it's 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 becoming more and more like the NBA. You know, you have eight teams and basically half the league making it to the playoffs after 82 games after yeah, exactly after 82 games um so i really had no issues with it until it's the eagles <laughs> yeah <laughs> until like, the eagles are the, until until, the, eagles, the eagles are the ninth or, seed. or or the steelers would have made it yeah. last season most yeah. likely as well so when it's your own team then you're for it but when it's not you know you're happy with the uh, the six teams but then we end up with you know we end up with the situation that the nba has had for for many many years isn't it i mean it's extraordinarily rare for the a seed to beat a one seed in the first series, especially now. I think it's back to is it back to seven games in the first series? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's extraordinarily rare that the A seed mm-hmm. ends up upsetting the first seed. So it's just a way of getting eyeballs on the television advertisers mm-hmm. to make more money. Mm-hmm. But I I think they should reconsider this Plan C. Uh, I mean, if there are a small number of games, and we're going into week ten, so we should give the league kudos. We have not missed a single game yet. You know, going into the playoffs, I don't know why they would constrain themselves to an 18 game season. If you need a 19, suppose you need a 19th week to get all the games played so you can have a traditional playoff scenario. Yeah, some teams may have more, you know, more weeks off leading into the playoffs, but I would rather expand the season by a week, get Mm -hmm. those games played, and have your traditional playoff scenarios, even if, even with the seventh team, than to have some, you know, ridiculous expansion of the playoffs based on, you know, teams that weren't going to make the playoffs anyway, missing a game. Mm-hmm. What do you think? No, I agree with you. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of football fans out there wouldn't disagree with the next week if need, if need be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, suppose the Eagles are five, ten, and one, or five and five nine and one. <laughs> Going into the last season, they have the NFC, which, which which is quite possible. They, they have the NFC locked up, right? And they missed a game that they had scheduled against the you know Washington football team yeah, that finishes up with three wins, yeah, or four wins. You know why? Why wouldn't you just play out that last exactly. game? Why not? It, it, you know, if rather than putting new new teams in yeah. the playoffs, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like it. Uh, Franny, you ready to move on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. That's my quarterback. We've reached week 10 of the regular season, which means it's time to start seriously talking about the next wave of potential franchise quarterbacks. Among them are Clemson's Trevor Lawrence and Ohio State's Justin Fields with a number of QB needy teams near the bottom of the standing signal caller. Talk is heating up. Just leave the Dallas Cowboys out of the mix. Nick Shook of NFL.com reported. Yes, it's crazy to bring the idea up, and I'm answering yes. Cowboys Jerry Jones said when asked during an appearance on 105.3 The Fan if it was crazy to consider a quarterback with presumably high first round pick for Dallas, we're playing you games here. You want me here. to take a shot. You definitely want me to take I a do. shot. Okay. We're playing games here, guys. I see where this is headed. But it's not the thing to be talking about it at all. Dak Prescott, he's my quarterback. Dallas couldn't come to terms with Prescott on a long-term deal ahead of the 2020 season, season leaving the quarterback to play under the franchise tag. His season-ending ankle injury brought to light the risk associated with playing under the lucrative but short-term tag, and we'll learn more in the offseason how such an outcome might affect the money he's able to command with a long-term deal. 
what the Cowboys have learned in the time since they've lost Prescott, though, is how valuable he is to the franchise success. I wonder how Friday feels about that. In recent weeks, Dallas has turned to Andy Dalton, seen him knocked out of the action with a concussion. I've been forced to turn to Ben DiNucci in an unsuccessful outing against Philadelphia. NFL is hard. (laughs) And eventually handed the keys to Garrett Gilbert. AF. Was it AFL? No, XFL. Yep. XFL standout. Uh, Dallas Dalton is the Cowboys starter if available. A point which Jones reinforced during the same radio appearance. Uh, But what do you think about Jerry Jones just assuming that he's going to be able to sign Dak Prescott and showing support for a guy when you know he will throw him under the bus in a hot second if Trevor Lawrence, if he they end up with the first pick. I don't think they will. If, I think the Jets are trying really hard right now to get Trevor Lawrence, unfortunately for Trevor Lawrence. I think the Jets are too stupid to take Trevor Lawrence. I think I they will stick. I don't think so. I don't think I so. I think they will stick with their quarterback. I, I, I think they should probably start Flacco. After, after that performance by Flacco, Yeah, I, I think they should stick with Flacco and, you know, see what they can do with... Uh, with uh, Darnold, uh, but, but I wouldn't know, be shocked if the Jets passed him up. I that would be really difficult. I mean that that you would have to be a real bonehead. Well, actually, it's the Jets so we're talking I like about here, so better, maybe, but yeah, that's just me. But yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you don't know how somebody's game is going to translate to the NFL. Um, but you know, with the Cowboys, I don't think their record is me bad enough. I think you know their upcoming schedule is fairly easy, easy for them. Uh, is you know, there anything that's easy for them right well, now? Well, I mean, yeah, even if they win four games, that's going to be more games than the Jets will win this year. I don't, I don't see the Jets maybe winning. They might not even win a game this year. I, well, I, I thought I they might win that last one. They had they, a chance well, they, to win they, that game if they, they had, had a different coach. They had it, but they're like, we really want Trevor Lawrence. So <laughs> <we're> gonna, <laughs> they, you know, we're <laughs> really going to mismanage this last drive. Yeah, so, so we can get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I think they, they will end up with the first pick. But as far as the Cowboys... And signing Dak Prescott, I mean, we've seen how the team plays without Dak Prescott and how much he actually does mean to this team. I mean, a lot of these guys do respect Dak Prescott and his play and his presence. And, uh, you know, is he worth $40 million? No, I don't think he's worth $40 million. If they got a franchise, I mean, he is. Well, I think think he should have signed, you know, for a five-year deal for about $35 million. I think that was more than fair uh, for him. But you know, forty million dollars is uh, that's 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 a reach for almost any quarterback out there, even the best quarterbacks out there. And Ben, are you getting a little chilly? Looks like you're pulling your jacket over there. Yeah, it, grabbing wow. my jacket. <laughs> that took a while. Yeah, it was. Took, that was. was, uh, was very did you glue it to the chair? Uncoordinated way. That's like a Ro- that's grabbing a, my jacket. Yeah, that looks like yeah, Ben Roethlisberger grabbing a jacket right there. Very uncoordinated. Yes, right very there. Flim- flimsy <laughs> and. Uh, sloppy way of grabbing my jacket. But Franny, I mean, this is the same guy that said at the end of, or at the beginning of last season, that they could not come to terms on a deal for Dak Prescott. They didn't offer well, they, him the money that he deserved at the time. No, he deserved that money. He, he, they, 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 and they, they paid they, him too they, much. They fucked him and had to franchise him. And now they're like, we'll die for this guy. Well, they didn't fuck him at all. They didn't fuck him at all. They actually gave him a very generous offer that he didn't take. I mean, as far those were the rumors that it was 35 around there, you know, mid 30s for about five years. But there was some discussion on, you know, four year deal or a five year deal. I'm not sure why a quarterback wouldn't take a longer deal and why he would be searching for a shorter deal. I mean, 35 million over five years. That is very generous from the Cowboys. Yeah, I think they should have offered him more money and given him more. the fifth. <laughs> the fifth. Look at how bad they are. I don't, but look still, but at they've also how had bad they offensive, are. Offensive line struggles. They've had injuries on the offensive line. I know the Eagles have also had injuries on the pretty much everybody. Uh, Wait, but are you also, defending the Cowboys? No. Wait, you got to take a shot because also, you're being positive and negative. Also, 
their defense has really struggled. I mean, this is a whole new scheme now with the whole new coaching staff. So, I mean, their defense has really struggled, not against the Steelers this weekend. I'm not sure what the hell that was, Ben. I was very disappointed. But, you know, this. McFly! <laughs> but, I mean, they've had other issues with this team. It's not just the quarterback. And, and so, I mean, Dak Prescott does mean a lot to this team, but I'm not sure if it's $40 million important to this team. Well, I mean, they got Marty McFly as their defensive coordinator out there. I mean, I can't, I don't know who that guy is actually. I don't even know his name. Uh, and I don't think it, you need to learn the names of the people that coach for the Dallas Cowboys. I cannot believe how bad Mike McCarthy is. Yeah. Oh he spent God. his it's year so awesome. drinking so my ties awesome. and sitting his fat ass down in a Barca lounger watching old reruns of the untouchables or something. I don't know what he was doing, but he certainly didn't do what Pete Carroll did after he got fired. He went to, he went and he read John Wooden's books. He <laughs> went and he read all of the great coaching books out there. He has it still to this day, the pyramid of success hanging on, on his office wall and everywhere that he goes, you know, Pete Carroll used the opportunity of getting fired as a way of improving himself as a coach. It looks like Mike McCarthy did drank, not. You know, Coors Light and sat in his chair. He is the game has passed him by. He has no idea how to communicate with the players. He has no idea how to call a game. He has no situational awareness in today's NFL. It seems like and, he's lost the locker room. Yeah. Almost. And Dak Prescott, I mean, it's amazing. He was carrying this entire offense on yeah. his back yeah. for the first, you know, I don't remember how, what game it was, game seven, six, whenever it was he went down. Mm-hmm. No, no, I mean, it's, it's, I didn't realize how much he meant to this team until he actually went down. But obviously, you know, Danucci's, you know, Danucci. he's, he's, he's pretty terrible too. I mean, Dalton doesn't look like the same guy that he was with the Bengals. Um, and what's his face that played against the Steelers? Is, he was actually not that bad. He, he was actually pretty good against, you know, the Steelers. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. But if they franchise him, it's going to cost him $40 million. Yep. Or they're going to have to, or they're going to have to let him go, or they're going to have to sign him to a long term deal. I'd hate to see Dak come back. I can't believe I'm saying this. I, mean, I don't. I don't know. I'd hate to see him come back and and have to play another year under the franchise yeah. tag and get and, hurt and, again. And you know what kind of condition will he be in after that sort of an injury? I mean, that was a pretty serious injury. I mean, we've all seen it. Um, you know, is he going to be the same guy when he comes back as he was before so. the injury? I think so. Uh, it's, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, luckily, uh, Kyle, here's the shot. Here's and what are shot. we drinking? What's this punishment? Sh- Why are we doing the shot? Well, and what is it? Per hour drinking game agreement that we signed in blood years ago. Uh, if I say anything Typo. negative, if I say <laughs> if I say anything negative about any team in my division, which is the NFC East, or if you say anything negative about a team in your division, Ben, which is the AFC North, or if Sonya says anything negative about a team in her division, which is the NFC West, then she also takes a shot, but never has. Eventually, we'll get, we'll get her to take one. Yeah, the Cardinals um, are about to sweep the NFC. But NFC I West. sort of said a few negative things there, but I also defended and them. And positive And I also defended them. So if also, if we say anything positive about any teams in our division, we also take those- a shot jerseys that has like a split you know it's a split jersey <laughs> where on the one side it has one team and the other side has the other i'm gonna get you a half a prescott yeah, jersey or it's and half uh wentz or something uh, like, get you, it's like prince what's his, what's his name the uh the tight end that we the jersey that we, did, uh, that we did oh get oh, oh selick yeah. Selleck. i'll get you you know i'll get you actually i'll get you uh witten and and selick <laughs> on the same jersey with with Alec. Well, yeah. With Alec. yeah. But I mean, well, I just, I just think it's hilarious. A, uh, a new punishment shot, actually, that we're taking tonight. We finished off the bird dog. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was the it was the strawberry. We also had the grapefruit. The grapefruit. We've also had the uh, Jim Beam peach. We've also had the Jim Beam apple. So they're all disgustingly sweet shots that you wouldn't usually 
just sip on for for some period of time. It's not like a, a quality whiskey for sure. It's great with college kids out there. This I'm is sure the modern this. day version of the wine cooler. Well, this is the Bird Dog Blackberry flavored whiskey and blackberries. I do like them on their own uh, or in pie, maybe or maybe in pie. Uh, but as a whiskey, not too sure. Let's, let's take a let's shot. Let's give here, it a ben. shot. Here we go. Cheers. Oh, tastes like Arlington. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty bad. That, That's pretty bad. Taste, once it go when when it first hits your lips, it's like oh, it's not that bad. But then once it goes down, it's not uh, good. Uh, that doesn't taste like. Blackberry. It has a nice spicy finish. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the spice is not nice. Yeah, at that, the that end, blackberry spice in there. <laughs> yeah, but I I just think it's to me it's hilarious that Jerry Jones after after all all of the. The histrionics and all of the I think th- I all think the hardball they played with Dak Prescott last but year. They did not though. They did not. That's the sad it's thing. It's one more year on a contract that wouldn't even be guaranteed anyway. They were willing. They were willing to do the five year. I don't understand why Dak Prescott was not willing to do it. I mean, those are the rumors. But if he's not willing to do an extra year, if you want to be a franchise quarterback for an extended period of time, why not take a fifth year? And you're making a ton of money. And he's making a ton of money right now. Yeah. I mean, I, this is why I'd love to get rid of the franchise. Yeah, the franchise tag rule all together. As I'm guessing he looked at Stephen Jones and he looked at Jerry Jones and he said, do I really want to spend the next eight years with these clowns? Hey. The rest of my career with these morons? If you're making that much money, $150 million? Yeah. Jerry Jones yeah. made two good decisions in his entire life. One, buying some land in Oklahoma. <laughs> and that's the only, and that's how he made every penny that he's got other than the, other than the marketing deal he's got with the NFL for, for merchandise. And two, hiring Jimmy Johnson. That's what I was going to say. Those too. are the he only two job. good decisions that, that and because the plastic surgery, bad decision. <laughs> uh, all the co- all the coaches that he's brought in, bad decisions. Most of the draft picks, bad decisions. Looks like he has a nice yacht. Yeah, he does so have he, a nice white yacht. Yeah, so I mean, you know, the yacht was also a pretty good decision if you have the money. But uh, no, I, I think the Cowboys were very generous with Dak Prescott. Yeah, it's just it just blows my mind that they're so high on Dak Prescott now. Well, you know, that's what happens when you. You know, your leg twists off. Yeah, that's true. Kyle Allen, good for you. At least you only dislocated your your ah. ankle, even though it looked horrific. It oh. looks like he won't suffer the same fate as Alex Smith and that Dak was Prescott. Painful. That was painful to watch. Uh, but at least it doesn't. It didn't involve a lot of broken bones. So, you know, good for Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Franny, that's it for the NFL news you this just, week. You just wanted me to take a shot. I did. You're, you're I reaching. Did. You're reaching. All right. I, you know, I don't, next week we'll have a, have a little something for the, maybe the Washington football team <laughs> or Maybe a, a retrospective on Daniel Jones's life <laughs> and how what what a great guy he really is. The next Eli Manning. Aw, shucks. <laughs> All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. Yes, as we uh, mentioned earlier on, as we opened the show, we're coming up. Are we just past our two year anniversary? Uh, so thank you all. We know there have been a lot of listeners that have been with us since the very beginning or close to the very beginning, so we cannot thank you enough. And to all our new listeners out there, we truly appreciate you tuning in and downloading the show on your podcatcher. We love, love, love each and every one of you, so thank you all. Stick with us. We have an exciting season coming down to the playoffs, and God knows what will happen. Uh, Since 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews, with the emphasis on fun and friends and whiskey and beer reviews. Throw a little football in there. Uh, since you're listening, please consider heading over to our website, thirstinggold.busprout.com, or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review the show. 
How many stars, Franny? Five stars, Ben. Five stars. Smash that review button. Smash it down as hard as you can. Break your phone if you have to, but please leave us a five-star review. Uh, tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person that you run into or that you know this week about our show. We would truly, truly appreciate it. So thank you all so, so much. Finally, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our NFL Week 9 recap and Week 10 picks. All right, folks, we'll be right back with our Week 9 recap. All right, and we are back with our NFL Week 9 recap. And there were some interesting games. This weekend, Ben. Yeah, you can say that again. I think every game in the afternoon went down to the last drive or the last play of the game. So finally, some exciting afternoon games, Mm -hmm. but some games that I think that people didn't expect to go the way that they went. I know I got hammered on the betting corner. Uh, But first up, the Thursday. We didn't cover the Thursday. Did we? Yeah, we did cover the Thursday night game. Yeah, we did. So we have first up Texans at Jags. Texans 27, Jaguars 25. Anything to add about that debacle? Poor Houston Texans. Their only two wins have come against Jacksonville <laughs> this year. Lost to everybody else, although they did have a tough schedule. A really tough schedule, so it's not really fair. Well, to it's, hold. Like, it's like Daniel Jones only beating Washington. I mean, that's the only team he can beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> beat him twice. <laughs> It's like the Texans only being the Jags. But I think, you know, J.J. Watt, I think this week said, you know, he's not interested in being part of a rebuild. You know, if they are going to rebuild this team, you know, because Will Fuller Fuller was allegedly on the trade block the Mm -hmm. week before. Uh, J.J. Watt not particularly happy about that. Deshaun Watson said that he would have cried himself to sleep that (laughs) night if they had traded Will Fuller. So, you know, but the Texans definitely got a long... Did he say that? Did he say uh, uh, I, I, I would say that. Yeah, he did say something say that. to that to after, that effect. Something after, to that effect. After getting rid of his number one weapon out there for yeah. some unknown reason. Yeah, he essentially said something very you know like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's not much to add about this. Well, I mean, mess. That, was, that was actually an interesting game. I mean, with with the Jaguars and um, uh, Gardner Minshew didn't start the game. It was uh, what's his name? Uh, let's go to the Jaguars. Uh, Jake Lutton, Jake Luton or Lutton. I don't know exactly yeah, how, I think it's how, Luton. how you uh, pronounce his last name, but he actually had a he pretty, played pretty well. He, he might have a future in the NFL. Maybe not with the Jags. Maybe as a backup somewhere, but he actually looked pretty impressive out there. That was, that was the only thing that was exciting about it was, it was a semi exciting game, but I mean, you know, these two, two they suck. I mean, both teams are pretty bad. They're not going anywhere, but for Jake Luton or Luton, uh, he, he made some, uh, some, Pretty Some nice, nice plays, plays out there. Yeah, I mean, 26 38 for 304 yards, one you know, count it, one touchdown. That final run, into one the interception end zone at yeah. the end of the game. You know, didn't convert on the two point conversion to tie the game, but uh, he played pretty well. But nice 13 run, yard run for a touchdown there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think both of these teams, I mean, I'm actually probably more optimistic on, I can't believe I'm saying this, on the Jags long term than I am on the Texans just because the Texans are so poorly run, so poorly managed, and so poorly handled. From the general manager position. Well, at least they got rid of O'Brien. That, that's a start. Yeah, that's a start. Uh, and they're going to have to look around, you know, for for a permanent, uh, you know, replacement because I don't think Romeo Cornell is interested in that position, and I don't think they're interested in him in that position long term. Uh, next up, a game that is near and dear uh. to Frane's, Frane's heart. This game also cost me money because yeah. I bet on Washington to win. And Washington should have won this game, but yeah, New York Giants have. at Washington, Giants 23, Washington 20, but they had this game in their clutches. They did. They and did. they let it go. 
They did now. You know, I wasn't sure who I should be rooting for in this game because now they both have two well, wins, same, which actually yeah. is better for the Eagles in the long term. You know, the Giants coming into this game had one win. Now they have two. Washington has two. You know, the Cowboys have also two. Um, so you know, actually, this this game ended probably where most Eagles fans would want it to end, where both teams have two wins, and you don't want you know Washington up there with three. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones, 212 yards, one touchdown on 34 attempts. Uh, but give it up. Give it up for Alex Smith. Yeah. 24 of 32 for 325 yards. Unfortunately, that was three a bad, interceptions a bad interception in the at game. The, at the end of the game. But, I mean, you got to give it to the guy after that horrific injury that yeah, he suffered sure. just about a year ago um, to come back and play the way he did. After seeing what happened to Kyle Allen, I'd be afraid to go out there yeah. and play football. Um, but for Alex Smith, you know, just, uh, you know, he, he just needs a little bit more football um, after that long, you know, huge layoff. Yeah, it's huge layoff that he had. Yeah. And Dwayne Haskins back from the scrap heap into the backup, backup quarterback role. He's in the, he's in as the backup quarterback. Now that all of the other quarterbacks are pretty hurt. good numbers before he got hurt though. Five for seven, six yeah. yards, you know, pretty efficient. I, yeah. I mean, I like Cal. I mean, I liked him when he was with Carolina. Yeah. I don't think he's a long-term. Oh, starting quarterback but he's certainly i would hey, i would prefer him to mason rudolph yeah, that's what i was about to say exactly but uh you know the steelers are in the business of trying to find the worst possible backups <laughs> they can find anywhere uh next up ravens at colts mm-hmm. in a game that i expected to be closer than it was yep. ravens go to six and two it was 24 to 10 over the colts colts go to five and three at this point uh what do you think about the ravens just hammering the colts i expected the colts defense you know, to play a little bit better, they did hold mm-hmm. him to twenty four points, but I, but Philip Rivers and the offense just couldn't get anything. Yeah, going. I know. I mean, and, and well, they had a pretty quick turnaround. We'll talk about that Thursday night game too, where the Colts actually surprised. You can uh, say that again. In in this game, it was pretty disappointing. Yeah, but what do you think about the Colts? They're very hot and cold. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. Very hot. To, I'm not sure what to think about the Colts. I mean, the Colts. I mean, are they, they if they make the playoffs, they're a very, very dangerous team because you could get the best Colts, or you could get what they got in this game, which is. The worst Colts. So yeah, you, you because Philip Rivers expect. stunk it up in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 25 of 43 for 227, yeah. zero TDs and a yep. touchdown or an interception in the game. And played well, as, as Franny just mentioned, played well in the Thursday night game. But the Colts are a hard team to figure out. Their defense mm-hmm. is, I think, overhyped. I mean, they're decent against the run, but I think overall the defense probably gets more credit than it deserves. But Philip Rivers and his offense, they've got to be able to be more consistent if they expect to go anywhere you know deep into the playoffs and, and this division is begging for them to win it no no i mean well they're in first place right now so yeah you know, we'll see what happens with the colts but what do you think about team. the ravens only i mean 24 points against the colts uh-huh jackson no tds again mm-hmm. no i mean no interceptions but no tds through the air only 170 yards had a td on the ground uh but the ravens they're not the team of last year no no, and Lamar Jackson doesn't look like the player that he was last year either. I think a lot of defenses are starting to figure out his style of play. And, uh, you know, he's definitely not playing at that MVP caliber right now. Yeah, not throwing the ball down the field as much as he needs to. And you watch, you know, you watch, uh, what's his name? In Arizona, name escapes me. In the, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, and you watch him compared to what Lamar Jackson is this year. I mean, Kyler Murray is just... He's everything that Lamar was last year running the ball, plus some mm-hmm. in terms of his elusiveness and the space that he's able to put in between himself and defenders. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but it looks like the Ravens, you know, I'd like well, them to have one more loss just to <laughs> just to give us well, a little cushion in that division. You did hand them one last week, Ben, so, you know. Yeah, give the Steelers credit, too. I mean, we beat back-to-back. We beat the Titans. Well, we beat the, the Titans and then the Ravens on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Titans at the time were unbeaten. Ravens had one loss at the time. So that's, you know, I think that might tend to explain a little bit of what happened down in Dallas. Although I wasn't happy about it during the I, game. I can tell by all the text messages you weren't very happy at all. Well, I mean, we shouldn't. it shouldn't have been that close. But we have a history of not playing particularly well in that stadium. <laughs> I uh, lost the Super Bowl in that stadium. Uh, next up, Detroit Lions at the hapless and inconsistent Minnesota Vikings. The Detroit Lions fall to the Vikings 34-20 to in Minnesota. Franny, what say you about the Vikings uh, and the we, Lions I both sitting at both, three and five? Yeah, I think we both chose the Lions in this one. I mean, and, you know, the Vikings they, are they also... I can't figure the team un- out. I, I, I mean, either one of these teams. I mean, I really can't figure out how good they really are. I mean, the Vikings... I mean, they had a really slow start to the season. They just, you know, won a couple of games here. But, um, I mean, obviously, I don't think either team is going to, you know, make it to the playoffs in the division. They're, you know, sitting at the back of the pack. So, uh, you know, we always root for the Lions. They're our, uh, you know, our underdog team that we root for. But, um, yeah, they're just, I don't know what it is. They're just the Lions. Yeah, I mean, they've got a decent, I mean, Minnesota has a decent defense, of course. Uh, but Stafford, 23 of 32 for 211 yards. One count it, one touchdown and two interceptions in a game, which usually leads to disaster. No touchdowns on the ground. Touchdown Marvin Jones through the air and the big tight end TJ Hawkinson with a t- with a touchdown through the air. But Kirk Cousins, I mean, yeah. very efficient day. Dalvin 13 Cook. to 20. Dalvin Cook, very Efficient. Yeah, and that's like two two hundred yeah. yard plus yeah. multiple touchdown yeah, games been, this he's, season. He's, he's been amazing. I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, he was injured to begin the season, right? I think he was yep. he was injured, and you know now he's back. But twenty two carries for two hundred and six yards and two touchdowns. That is very impressive for him. Oh yeah, and we'll talk about this when we get to the Dallas Steeler game. This is why Mike McCarthy is a moron. This is why he doesn't know what he's doing. Alvin Kamara is the New Orleans Saints offense. Dalvin Cook essentially is the Minnesota Vikings offense on the ground and through the air. Uh, Alvin Kamara is, I think, has as many catches as he has rushing attempts and poor Zeke Elliott down there in Dallas, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, not going to throw you the ball, not going to use you uh, the way that we should, and you see what happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, But look at that. I mean, Dalvin Cook, I can't say enough about this guy. I wish... I had a Dalvin Cook well, or an Alvin Kamara I think every on my team, team out there. Wants a guy like that, but I mean, amazing the way he's playing this year. Uh, next up, oh, the Titans. I picked the Bears to win this game. I can't believe I picked the Bears. Uh, Twenty-four to seventeen, Tennessee winning at home. Bears go to five and four. It was weren't the Bears like four zero? Not that long ago when they had one loss and then two and then three. <laughs> Uh, Keep them coming. Yeah, Tennessee goes to six and two. Bears at five yeah, I think and we're four. We're really starting to see where the Bears are in the NFC right now. They're you know they won a couple of games there, close games, but uh, yeah, they're 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 not going to be a threat in the NFC for sure. Screaming for Mitch Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles, uh, thirty six of fifty two, fifty two attempts in this game. Uh, two touchdowns, two count them, two touchdowns. Uh, for the Titans, Tannehill pretty efficient. Ten of twenty-one or ten of twenty-one for 158 yards and two. Count them, two touchdowns in the game. Henry with no TDs in the game. Uh, AJ Brown with a touchdown through the air. Jonu Smith with a touchdown through the air. 
poor hapless Bears. Jimmy Graham, what do you know? Jimmy Graham with a touchdown in the game and Ryan Nall. Uh, but the I mean the Bears cannot get out of their own way on offense. No offense, yeah. And they have and uh Nagy decided this week, finally, going into week ten, uh, he's <laughs> gonna hand off the offensive playing play calling to his offensive coordinator finally, because he has no plan. He cannot adjust. He doesn't know what he's doing in these game situations, and it's clear. Uh but I mean the Bears have no offense. They just yeah, have no playmakers. Yeah, I know. I mean, do they think Nick Foles is going to come in and play like he did with the Eagles and just make magic uh, this, happen? No, they just know Alshon Jeffrey out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they, I mean, they have the defense. That defense, I mean, it should be mutiny on the bounty on mm-hmm. the bounty with this defense because mm-hmm. they are playing lights out and their yeah. offense can't help them at all. Yep. Um, but what do you think about the the Titans? I mean, are they are they uh, are they for real? Or you know, or is Mike Vrabel they're also they're more also, of a head coach than a defensive coordinator? I don't know. I mean, they're also kind of hot and cold. I mean, you know, I mean they're six and two after this game, but six and three after Thursday night game. Um you know, I like I you know, I I think they're it's a team that you don't want to play in the playoffs early on. You just don't know which team to expect to come out on the field. I mean, they have obviously great playmakers out there, but uh I don't know. I don't know what to expect from in the FC. Yeah, they've got a good head coach, but I think Vrabel should stick to head coaching and stay away from defensive play calling. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I want the Bears to be better. Well, that defense deserves. I want the Eagles to be better too. <laughs> Fuck. Well, well, I want the Steelers to be better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, they can't get any better, Ben. Well, I want them to be. You know, Chiefs good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the but the Bears. I mean, they the fans deserve better. The the defense deserves better. And the ownership deserves better than what they're getting. I yeah. mean, that offense, I mean, it, you should just be fired on the spot if you even entertain the idea of signing Jimmy Graham. Like, if Jimmy Graham's name comes out of your mouth when he's a free agent, who, GM should be fired, head coach should be fired. That should be a fireable offense. Next up. Oh, Panthers at Chiefs in a game that that came down right to the... I was rooting for the Panthers in this one. And it came right down to the end. Carolina loses to the Chiefs 33-31 to at Arrowhead. Chiefs go to 8-1. and Panthers go to 3-6. and Better than their record would say. But what do you think about them, you know, the Panthers being this close to beating the Chiefs? Yeah, no, I mean, the Panthers are... I mean, they're a good football team. I mean, they're a pesky football team. That's going to give any team out there... Uh, problems. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is not being g- given enough credit for what he's done oh, for, sure. for that team. Um, but, you know, Ben, you just mentioned you wish the Steelers were up there with Kansas City, but Kansas City has struggled in a few games this season. I mean, they're 8-1. and one. You know, obviously the, the Steelers are 8-0. and oh. um, But, you know, they lost to Oakland. I mean, they struggled in this game, and there's been a couple other games there where they just don't look like the same Kansas City team that they were last year when they won the Super Bowl. So I don't, I mean, obviously they're a good team, but I wouldn't worry about them as much as if it was last year. Yeah, that's there's true. Something, there's something, there's something wrong. There's something. What do you think it is? I'm, I'm not sure what it is. I don't, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I mean, is it know, on the defense or is it on the offense? You know, you I mean, defense playing not as well as they played last year, but yeah. the offense has struggled in, especially in the first yeah. half of especially games. Especially with the weapons that they have on that team, you would expect them to be a little bit better than this and not struggle in these games. I mean, this should not have been a close game. Yeah, they only put team. up 13 points in the first half, which, yeah. you know, they've come back and scored 30 points in the yeah. second half and wipe, and wipe teams out. Uh, you know, most of the weapons are healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, let's uh, let's uh, let's look at what did uh, Le'Veon Bell do here? Well, four carries for eight yards. What do you know? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, is that a shot? That probably, is that a yeah, shot? That is a shot. Is that a shot right, right there, Fair ben? enough. Because that was also part that was also, of the drinking yeah, game. Yeah, if you fair, say anything negative. I had a lot more elements to the drinking game than you guys did. If you say anything negative, yeah, well, yeah, well, it was an every week sort of thing. Yeah, I had like individual players. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Brown, Le'Veon hey, Bell. We signed, we signed the contract, all right? <laughs> You yeah, should need, write the entire contract. Scott Boris, where are you? You need to I need a better agent when, when negotiating. I, I, I knew I used the right size font. I'm like Richard you, Sherman negotiating my own contracts and they're all incentive laden. You didn't have your reading glasses on when you read that contract. You were kind of squinting when you read it. Yeah, I had I had a Richard Sherman glass? I had Richard Sherman beer goggles, or like beer muscles and when I did that. Yeah, I mean I I'd like to think that the, the uh, maybe it's in my mind I don't want to admit that the Chiefs are, you know, they've taken a little bit of a step back from last Ooh, year. That's a hefty because, shot. Right uh, that know, for, might some be, reason, for some reason, that's they just a little much the, right there. Hey, I, I got a little bit. Oh, I you need to add a little bit of that in there. You need to add a little bit of that in there. All right, all right, fine, fine, fine. You gave me a, like a, it's like a mason jar full of, full of blackberries there. All right. Blackberries and vodka. That's better. That's better. <laughs> that's better. That's better. A, a couple right. of drops from right. your glass. Here we go. Into my. It is better. Look at that. Mine's, mine's about you know almost halfway. That's true. That's I'm true. covering it with my hand right now, but you know. <laughs> I see what you're doing. All right, let's do it. Uh, ah, it's not because you don't usually say negative things about Le'Veon. Uh, I haven't lately, but now that he's on the Chiefs, our primary, uh, you know, a primary challenger for yeah, yeah they are. You know, and it was an embarrassment of riches. You know, they got all the talent that they have, all the weapons that they have, and they get to pick up Le'Veon Bell for a million bucks. <laughs> Does not seem particularly fair. Uh, but Mahomes, four TDs on 372 yards. Look at Travis Kelsey. Ten receptions for 159 yards. The yak machine. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at these weapons, Edwards Hilaire, they've got Bell will come around. Tyreek Hill, you know. Kelsey, yeah, DeMarcus, Hardman, Demarcus Hardman's Robinson hurt, is, you know, I mean, he, he has those those big days himself. So, I mean, there's a lot of weapons out there, but I'm surprised that they're just not blowing teams out with the coach, with the quarterback, just with the weapons that they have. I mean, this was a struggle right up to the end, and I was really rooting for them because of the Steelers. I wanted them to have a second loss so that the Steelers can get that number one seed in the AFC because yeah. there's still a lot of football to be played. Yeah, I mean, good coaching typically wins. Matt Rule may end up being as good a coach as Andy Reid. Who knows? Doubtful, but who knows? Uh, but I think experience on the coaching staff, especially with Biennemi and Reid, mm -hmm. was yeah, the those, difference in this game. That last was the last drive or last two drives. I mean, what Teddy Bridgewater did at the end of the game was was pretty amazing. I mean, he, he really is not getting enough credit. I mean, obviously, he's not in contention to be an MVP because of the record. But, I mean, the way he's carrying this team, I'm very impressed. I mean, Oh, you know, for sure. It, I mean, it, he's, just, he's the best quarterback the, Saint, the Saints had last year, including it, it, Drew Brees. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't a fluke the way he played going 5-0 five five. Uh, last season. But, I mean, he, he wasn't even this good with Minnesota. I mean, nobody really knew, knew what to expect from this guy, but I really respect his play. He's been doing an excellent job this year. Even at 3-6, and six, still, he's been doing a great job. Yes, and this is the kind of backup you see, Pittsburgh. This is the kind of backup you're supposed to have on your team. Not a backup anymore. No, but if he, but he was a backup. He was. He was. He had two different teams. Everybody, I mean, you know, you, I mean, they were nervous to pick this guy up. They didn't know what to expect from this guy. Then he goes five and zero. Oh, you know, the Panthers get him, and he's been playing fantastic. Yeah, the Panthers are like we're not going to draft a quarterback. We got Teddy B. Yep. Uh, Thirty six of forty nine for three hundred ten yards and count them two touchdowns. McCaffrey, who's out this week, uh, with a touchdown. Teddy Bridgewater with a touchdown on the ground. Curtis Samuel with a touchdown through the air, and McCaffrey with a touchdown yeah, through the air. Look at 10. Oddly enough, they've lost every game that McCaffrey has played this year. Yeah, I mean McCaffrey, ten receptions, eighty-two yards 
also carrying it on the ground. 69, not, not his best game, but still, man, what a, what a weapon he is yeah. running and catching the football. And they're going to get it together in Carolina. They will. I, I Not this year, but, no, they, but they are going think, to get you know, it They together. definitely found their, their future quarterback. I mean, he's going to be there for quite a few years, I'm sure. Yeah, and here's a game that no one wants to talk about. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks Nuts. 34. Sun, yeah. It's a good thing Sonia's not out here. This, she she yeah. actually might have to take a shot for this one, for saying something negative about her own team. Uh, Bills 44, Seattle 34. Seattle drops another game going to 6-2. and two. Bills, go, Bills go to 7-2, or 7-2, and two, playing mm. in Buffalo for this one. Friday. what say you about the? They just got crushed. I mean, they got shellacked. They, got, they got select. I mean, this this I didn't see this coming. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson, three interceptions, two fumbles. I mean, he was running for his life out there. You know, the Bills really put a lot of pressure on him. You know, you got to respect that. I mean, their defense was playing well. Um, even I mean, they allowed thirty four points, and it was kind of close at the end, which is what you expect with Seahawks games, whether they fall behind or you know take a huge lead and allow the other team to come back. Um, but this was one of those games where I expect them to come back, but they just never. Did no, and they weren't going to. Let's yeah, hear no. it for Josh Allen. Wilson's hit hard as he was looking to throw inside the twenty. Ball may have come out, and it is AJ Klein with a sack and a takeaway from Russell Wilson. Yep, thought that was a Josh Allen highlight, I, <laughs> but I actually uh, Josh of, Allen with the sack. A lot of, a lot of defensive, <laughs> a lot of defensive highlights this week. Uh, but he was t- yeah. just Who getting... puts these highlights together, by the way? I mean, <laughs> the you producer? would think it's Ben. Where's the producer? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he was getting knocked around all game. Interception. But this t- he came from the blind side on this on this play. Wilson had no idea where the where the defense was coming from. Sacked him, hit him hard. Ball comes out. I think he had, did he have two fumbles in this game? I believe he had two fumbles. I believe he had two fumbles. But, those I mean, the interceptions that he threw were bad. Were not very Wilson-like. Not very, not very. I mean, no. especially at, at the at the at the end of the first quarter where he threw into the end zone. I didn't see anybody else there. I mean, maybe somebody. I mean, I don't know who it was who he threw the ball to. Maybe the route was wrong, run wrong. But uh, I mean, it was it was basically thrown straight to uh, you know the 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 Bills in this one. So I that was it was it was ugly. It was really bad. Yeah, it I mean, was, Russell Wilson twenty eight. I'm not sure how Sonya reacted to this game. I didn't even text. I didn't say anything. Nope, I didn't want to. She say wasn't anything. happy. I was scared to say anything. She was not happy. Yeah. Uh, 28 of 41 for 390 and two count them two touchdowns, but two interceptions in the game on the other side of the ball. Josh Allen should be in the MVP conversation. 31 of 38 for 450, 15 yards. Talk about efficient, Very efficient. and three count them three touchdowns in the game. Uh, Pete Carroll said after the game, we thought they were going to run the ball. And when they didn't run the ball, we had no answer. <laughs> and that is not the answer that a head coach should no, be giving. No, uh, he needs to figure out what's going on with Ken Norton, the defensive coordinator. Maybe Pete Carroll needs to become more involved in the defense. Maybe he needs to bring back somebody like Cam Chancellor or Chris Richard, somebody else in the building to to to, to help out this defense. Bobby Wagner appears to be confident that they're going to pull it together. But this no, defense, no. the way they're playing, no. I mean, this was... But I mean, this, obviously, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, even if the defense played well, if you give the ball away that many times, you're not going to win the game. I mean, that, that's way too many turnovers uh, for most of Russell Wilson in this one. I mean, the defense can't keep up with all those turnovers. When you give another team the ball that many times, it's just not going to. Yeah, I mean, playing man coverage, they got shredded. Playing zone coverage, they got yeah. shredded. Uh, but Zach Moss with a touchdown on the ground. Josh Allen with a beautiful touchdown on the ground. That was nice. Uh, Gabriel Davis with a touchdown through the air. Isaiah McKenzie with a touchdown through the air. Kevin Tyler with a cu- touchdown through the air. Uh, I think he got picked twice. 
uh, Jordan Poyer and Trey uh, Trey White, uh, Trey Davis White, with uh, picks in the game. But let's look at this. I mean, look at this rushing. DJ Dallas, 31 yards. Travis Homer, 16 yards. Russell Wilson, 5 yards. Alex Collins, 5 yards. Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson both are likely... I can't, actually, I think uh, I think it's more likely that Carson plays than Hyde plays this week. Uh, but they didn't have either one of their running backs in this game. D- DK Metcalf still, still in this game with 108 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. David Moore with a touchdown on 71 yards. But this this Seahawks team is struggling right now. They are, yeah. I wouldn't say tailspin, but it's getting close. Mm-hmm. Two horrific you games know, three, by Wilson in a row. Three weeks, one and two in the past three weeks. It's not looking good. And tomorrow they got the Rams. We'll talk about that a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's not looking good. I mean, that defense is really struggling. And Russell Wilson also struggling. Yeah. I mean, it's just I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I'm going to chalk this one up to going to the East Coast, playing at 10 o'clock, playing in a stadium they don't normally play in early in the morning. I mean, let's hope it's that. You mentioned that last week, too. You mentioned it last week that you thought it was going to be very difficult for the Seahawks to win this one because of that, because they're, you know, they're flying to the East coast, they're playing early and they might struggle. And they did really struggle. Yeah, and it was, it was a sunny day in Buffalo, a warm yeah, I know. day right? in <laughs> Buffalo as well. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Could have been a lot worse. Uh, next up. Oh, who is this team getting another win? The Falcons at home winning. They almost 30, gave it away, though. They almost, they almost did. It's funny because I watched it like the third quarter. I'm like, oh, this game's over. Yeah, and I'm nope, like, wait, not with what? the Falcons. <laughs> they could have been up 34 nothing, and it still would have been close. Right. Morris close is like, get me out of here. Them. Uh, 34 to 27. Broncos go to three and five. Falcons go to three and six. Uh, but Matt Ryan, 25 and 35 for 284 yards, three count them, three touchdowns. Get fucking set, he said. One interception. Frane, what do you say about these two teams? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Falcons could easily be six and three. Yeah, they're three and six right now. I feel terrible. Should for have all had the Cowboys Atlanta. win. Should I mean, have. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, multiple. Pretty much games. all the losses that they have, or that they had, it could have been wins. I mean, that 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 early Seahawks game, they made a little bit of a comeback in that one. That I mean, that that was one of their. Actual losses. I mean, that that's like one of the games that you can point to and be like, you know what? That team played better than us, and they won. But every other game, they were in until the end, or at least had the lead until the end. And I feel bad. I feel terrible for all NFL. If this was the Eagles, if the Eagles play like this, oh, my God. I don't even know how it would feel. I mean, but uh, yeah, you're up by 15, 17, yeah. 21, yeah. and the game ends in a one-possession game or a loss mm-hmm. every Single week. Yeah. I've been Matt Ryan again. He played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Drew Locke, 25 of 48 for 313 yards and two count them. Two touchdowns and one pick in a game. Uh, Drew Locke definitely thinks highly of himself. (laughs) Had a touchdown on the ground. He played better in this one than he did the last couple weeks. Jerry Judy with a touchdown through the air. Tim Patrick with a touchdown. Yeah. Jerry Judy's been playing pretty well. Yeah. That's a guy that I don't know if he was available when uh, I think he was gone before the Eagles picked. Mm. They they supply one to pick them. Olamide Zacchaeus, I think I got did I get that right? 103 yards for Atlanta. Wow, I don't you I don't know who that is. <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, Julio Jones with 54 yards and a TD. Brandon Powell with nine yards and a TD. Uh, but both of these teams going nowhere. Broncos. Mm-hmm. Broncos in many ways might be the more disappointing team here with all the money that they've invested on defense and all the draft picks they've dumped into their offense. Uh, Broncos have a little, I'd say, a more rich history of above 500 seasons. Mm-hmm. So this is just another disappointing season for the Broncos and and poor Matt Ryan. He well, maybe should be hoping to be a cap casual. 
Yeah. There will be teams that need a quarterback next year. Maybe the best case is that he gets out of there. Uh, next up. Oh, another game. How can Anthony Lynn lose this week? Oh, my God. The Raiders 31. The Chargers 26 playing at SoFi Friday. Anthony Lynn, no timeout called at the end of this game, letting the clock run down, putting too much pressure on his offense. Another mistake by Anthony But Lynn. he had the ball. The receiver had yeah. the ball, and it should have been a win for the Chargers. And uh, like I just mentioned, I feel bad for the Atlanta fans. I feel bad for you know the three Chargers fans here in L.A., I mean, they just continue to lose the games the same way that Atlanta continues to do it. It's just I, it's, bad it's, coaching. It's, it's, it is that. It, there is that. But, I mean, they just they had the ball. It yeah. was there. It was there it in was the back there. of the end zone. Can't believe he dropped it. Yeah, and, I mean, is this, it was the, called it, a is this the fucking game where they called, called two fades on third and fourth down? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean... Who does it, that? Funny, on, the, on, the, on the post game, I, you know the two fades the receiver, in a row. The receiver, the, most, I think it was the, a, the lowest percentage pass <laughs> in the game in the end zone, and they call it two in a row. I hate when I I just hate and there was that no point. time left on it because and yeah. they would have had more time had he called the timeout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you want to take those timeouts home with you. Yeah, <laughs> you well, I mean, yeah. You, you want to spend some special time with that timeout and your recycled, you know, you wanna, you know your burlap bag. You know, you know, sit, sit back and spoon with that timeout. <laughs> you know, because you could just take it home and relax with that timeout in your pocket. Flowers in her hair. <laughs> it's like I mean, what's he? He's going to the farmers market with his timeouts and his and his recycled bag. Anthony Lynn needs to be fired at the end of the season. Justin Herbert has done everything that you could possibly expect yeah. from any rookie quarterback in the history of the game. This kid plays great under pressure. When they when they bring a blitz, he makes you pay. He can throw the ball downfield. He can throw it short. I love this kid coming out of college. And he is doing. You don't say. He is doing everything you could conceivably do. Uh, John Gruden made mistakes in this game as well. Uh, I think he kicked a field goal, and then went. I mean, he kicked a field goal uh, when he could have went for it. I was like fourth and one or fourth and two. I can't remember what it was. Uh, But John Gruden made some mistakes in this game as well, but still comes away with the win. Uh, Raiders at five and three. Chargers at two and six. It just—I feel—I can't believe I'm saying this, but I feel bad for the Chargers. Yeah, no, they were—I mean, they were up in this game at halftime. They were up in this game, and yeah, they just continue to hand games away like the Falcons. I mean, it, it, it's—I mean, it's mind-boggling. It's inexplicable, Ben. <laughs> this it, well, this is explicable. <laughs> this is this is this is Anthony Lynn making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. I think, wish it were inexplicable. You would think you would learn from your first few. I feel like the Falcons are inexplicable. It's like because you just don't like. There's no way to understand what's actually happening in it's front in of your head. face. It's in their heads now. Yeah, it's but it was the like, Chargers. Like, okay, well, he should call a timeout. Get rid here. of their whole squad and bring in new yeah. new guys. I can't remember what happened in the past few years. You just need like a, just a brand new team. Lynn's got to go. I mean, what do you want to call on third down fade? What do you want to call it? Fourth down? What do you think? About another fade? Yeah. You want to call another fade? Back quarter? Right quarter of the end zone? Yeah. I mean, almost <laughs> impossible to catch? Yeah. Let's do that. You know, you got, they have receivers yeah. on that team. And they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Let's just, I well, mean, well, I, it's not come the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I mean, this no, year, he's, he's very, I mean, for what he's done, I would say he's, he's been, you know, pretty much top 10. Yeah, for sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe number 10. It's just, you it, know, it, it's, it's the, the play calling is inexplicable. Yeah. What happens to the team is is definitely expected. <laughs> <laughs> but the play quality, when you watch yeah. it, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I, I used to hate the Chargers. I mean, I, I never really liked the Chargers, but now I just feel bad for the Chargers. Yeah, because they should they probably should be four and four at least. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. 
Uh, but Derek Carr, again, a pretty efficient game. 13 no, to 23, 165 yards. That's whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he's not going to say anything nice about Derek Carr. To count I, don't, him, I don't mind Derek Carr, but this is not his best game. No, no, definitely not his best game. But he does what it takes to get the game. You know, Jacobs uh, with a touchdown on the ground. Booker with a touchdown on the ground. Nelson Aguilar with another touchdown. <laughs> Eagles could use him. And Darren Waller, of course, with a touchdown. Another great tight end in this game. Uh, next up. Dolphins. Upset the of the week. And you called it, Ben. And I said you were crazy. You did say I was crazy. I did. I did. And you know what? I don't know why I doubt you. I don't know why. I, well, I, because I, I get it. Week. Because we don't talk about it all the times I get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you called a few games this week that, uh, you know, I did not expect. But 34 to 31, beating the Cardinals look a little bit confused on offense, you know, in this game. But 34 to 31, Cardinals fall to 5 and 3. Happy for the Seahawks there. But the Dolphins go to five and three. The new sheriff I mean, in the AFC East. Their defense, their defense is getting turnovers and scoring touchdowns off of those turnovers. And Tua looked much better this week than he did last week. Yeah, I mean he played lights out. Tua Tungavailoa, Tungavailoa, Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa. Uh, twenty of twenty-eight for two hundred forty-eight yards and count them two touchdowns in this game. Uh, Jordan Howard, another Eagles cast off with a touchdown in the game. <laughs> Preston Williams with a touchdown through the air. Matt Collins with a touchdown through the air. Well, there's a reason it was a cast-off, Ben. I mean, 10 carries for 19 yards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a little bit of a cast-off <laughs> when you true. pick up 19 yards on 10 carries. Murray played pretty well, 21 of 26 for 283 and three. Count them, three touchdowns and a touchdown added one on the ground. Uh, Christian Kirk with a touchdown receiving. Daryl Daniels with a touchdown through the air. Max Williams with a touchdown through the air. Uh, the Cardinals just look a little off, but you, but don't. Let's not take away from the Cardinals. The Dolphins played well in this yeah, game. Yeah, they do. I mean, they've played well the last couple of weeks. I'm actually, I'm actually very impressed with the way the Dolphins are playing. Um, you know, this year they may not make the playoffs, but next year they could be, uh, you know, a scary team in that division. Yeah, let's give Miami some credit. Mm-hmm. Looking end zone, he's got a man. Gasicki is in for the touchdown. That was a nice touchdown mm-hmm. throw right there. Mm-hmm. Nice catch also. I mean, when do you hear that? Nice drive by anyone and the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, when do you when do you hear that? Well, you know, that, that Fitzpatrick's also pretty good. Yeah, he is. But, yeah. I mean, I think the Dolphins. I still feel bad for the guy. Uh, Yeah, but Tua, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's, the future. he's proving he's the future that he might be. For that team, hopefully, for them. As advertised. Uh, he he played really well in this mm-hmm. game, and I, the Cardinals. You know, I know I picked him to win the the NFC West. I just I think there's a, there's a little bit of something. I don't know whether it's a play calling. I don't know whether it's you know injuries, but the, the Cardinals look a little bit disjointed, especially mm-hmm. on offense. But Kyler Murray is no, I mean twenty one for twenty six, twenty three yards, three touchdowns, but on the ground, eleven carries, one hundred and six yards. And one touchdown as well. Pretty impressive. But this is a marquee win for the Dolphins because the Cardinals yeah. looked, I mean, they beat the Seahawks. They beat a bunch of teams this year. When they play, I think when they play the Niners, I think it's either this week or the next week, uh, they beat the Niners. They will have beaten every single team in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. And that's that's no small feat for a no, team, no, yeah. you know, covered with a, with a second-year QB in there. Ooh, next game. Ben. Steelers. Got a win against the hapless I was Cowboys, twenty-four to nineteen at 
at Arlington Friday. I was worried, Ben. I what was worried. a mess of a game this if was. I'm not, if I'm not rooting for the Eagles, I'm rooting against the Cowboys. What a mess. It this was game a mess. Was a that, mess. Does that warrant a shot? Yep, that does warrant a shot. <laughs> if we're rooting against a team just we're, for I, no I, reason, I, I, that I, is that's a shot. That's not no reason. I hate the Cowboys. That's also a shot. <laughs> no, I mean, I, and I was I was worried in this one. I mean, the Cowboys jumped up. It was, it was well... It was it was thirteen nothing, right? It was it thirteen nothing or thirteen three in this game? Yeah, it was. was yeah, like I think it was thirteen nothing at one point. I, I was I was worried. I was a little worried about the Steelers in this one. Yeah, and we get a field goal, and then I we mean, no matter miss what, the extra point on the touchdown. What my text messages were saying, I'm like, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, it's yeah, be all yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But you didn't believe but my that. My heart was racing. I did not want the Cowboys to win this game, and I didn't want the Steelers to lose against the Cowboys. Yeah, I, mean, I don't ev- lose against anybody else, but don't lose against this team. But everything went wrong in the first half, and we couldn't get any points on the board. Randy Figner calling terrible plays. Uh, you know, we finally get the field goal to get some points on the board, score the touchdown, miss the extra point on the on the touchdown. And I we, still remember you getting me those those cowboy socks. I remember. Oh, that. that's right. That's right. That. I did do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think. We yeah. 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 We went to CPK. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Uh, no, I see. I, my memory is hey, it's intact. Appreciate it. Uh, you I know, burned those. Roethlisberger. No, exactly. I gave it to a Cowboys fan <laughs> that I work probably, with. Probably should. Uh, but Roethlisberger gets hurt at the end of the first half. Uh, but he comes back in the fourth quarter when, again, the best offensive coordinator on our team is the quarterback. Unfortunately for us, uh, they go no huddle in the fourth quarter. Roethlisberger's calling the plays, put up 15 points in the fourth quarter and win the game. Uh, probably should have played better, uh, throughout the game. You don't say, you don't say, you know, I'd like to chalk Uh, it up to coming off two huge road, you know, road games against really tough opponents playing in a stadium. We don't play in very often mm -hmm. against in a stadium where we struggled in the past, uh, lost games there during the regular season, lost the Super Bowl in that stadium as uh, well. When did you lose the Super Bowl in the stadium? I think it was Green. Was it Green Bay? Uh, I don't think the stadium. Was it open? Was it? Was it? Uh, I'm not sure when the stadium was opened. Yeah, it would have had to have been Green Bay. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I may be I wrong. Know. I may be wrong. Well, cheers, Ben. Um, cheers. I said I hate the Cowboys. Here's to the Cowboys. And, <laughs> and the Steelers. The Steelers. Beating, the, eight beating the Cowboys. Yeah, but the, I, I was I was really worried. In this game. Me I too. Really was, yeah. <sighs> but I think I have a, a minor highlight from this game. You know, multiple scores on the road late in the game. They could do it, but it's very... Tony Romo. Yeah, damn right. Because the defense was the highlight. Mika Fitzpatrick with two interceptions in this game. God damn it. Well, an interception and uh, knocked the ball away on the final play of the game. But it should not have come down to the final play of the I'm game. Just, I'm just reading some of the text messages here. But with Minka Fitzpatrick, should not have, the, the Dallas Cowboys should not have been on the goal line Yeah, at the end of this game. Yeah, I know. But not I mean, kicking, <laughs> not, well, well, what was, uh, uh, going forward on that fourth down mm-hmm. was, as dumb I mean, a play I, call. I, I don't care kick, what anybody you says. Just kick about, a field goal. You kick a field goal, and the game is pretty much over. Why give the Cowboys another chance in this one? This makes that made absolutely no sense. And I and I listened to it. I listened to all the you know around the NFL and Steelers podcast, and to listen to people justify going for it on that fourth down when you have a field a chip shot field goal, not a chip shot, but an easy field goal to go up by eight 
points mm-hmm. with whatever it was a minute, minute, a little over a minute to go in the game with the Cowboys with no timeouts. I, I, I just don't believe that that's a justifiable call. Uh, everything would have to go right for the Cowboys. The Cowboys would have to drive down the field, score the touchdown with their XFL quarterback, and get the two point conversion just to tie the game to send it to overtime. Mm-hmm. You go for it on fourth down, leaving the Cowboys with an opportunity to score a touchdown and beat you. I just, it's, that's inexplicable. I think I said it was a fireable offense uh, for Tomlin to go for it on fourth down there. This isn't the, the Kansas City Chiefs. You're not afraid that Patrick Mahomes is going to drive the ball down the field on you and beat you or tie the game. This is get this is Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert. Mm-hmm. How do you not kick that fucking field goal? Yeah. And how do you call a, a, a left side sweep with Connor that loses yardage on the yeah. play? You don't even get close to the first down. Yeah, th- that's pretty much how your text messages messages sounded uh, the entire game. Well, but that was that was inexplicable. You have to admit that 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 call by Tomlin. And this is you talking about Rudolph right here. Put him out of his misery. How can the Steelers <laughs> not see it? <laughs> I would have run it, take a knee, <laughs> and kick after the pick. He's not a QB. <laughs> He's a, it's over. Ben is out. Boswell imploding again this year. These are the text messages. <laughs> yes, that's true. And then Herbert. Like you wanted Herbert, I know. I did want. I wanted to trade away the entire draft. Just had to, to get trade Herbert. three picks. Ugly. Devin Bush is out, by the way. Did they say anything about Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Can the Steelers do any in-game trade for Cooper Rush? <laughs> I don't think Josh Dobbs dressed for this game, unfortunately, but that's who I would put in. <laughs> yeah, I would have pushed it. I mean, I know Dobbs only has like 40 snaps in his career, mm-hmm. but how do, how the Steelers cannot see that Mason Rudolph is yeah. awful. He's all I know. <laughs> so that's, that's, I know you're next, thrown into action unexpectedly, message, but I do not honestly wait. I, but I do not honestly not understand how the Steelers cannot see how bad Mason Rudolph <laughs> is. Yeah, I mean, there's lots I'm of older guys it, out right? there. Chad Henney, Chad Henney, who's the guy that won the games for Kansas City last year, a year before? Was it Chad Henney? I mean, <laughs> these old guys are out there. Yeah, it's it's that's a long uh, thread right there, back and forth of how bad the Steelers are, even though they're eight and zero. Ben, it was it was it was it was a uh, not their best display of the season so far. But you know, you just have these games. I don't think the I don't I don't think you know Pittsburgh really took this this team seriously based off of their record. And you know, I I think they came in sort of nonchalant, and it showed in the first quarter where they kind of struggled in the beginning. But you know, they picked it up at the end, and we're like, you know what, we're the better team. Let's take over. But like you said, that Tomlin call at the end of the game to just not kick the field goal that, that does not make any sense whatsoever. I mean, you just kick it, and you go up by eight, and you play out from there. You can't win the game. I mean, the, the Cowboys cannot win the game. But if you exactly. don't, if you don't pick up the fourth down. They have a chance to win the game. And anything can happen. I mean, any weird fluke play down yeah. the field where where a defender falls a down. PI, something, you know. You know, Tim Tebow, like, they can throw the ball over top of your defenders because, you know, Dick LeBeau called no defense over the top and you lose a playoff game to fucking Tim Tebow. Yeah, well, These things can happen to the Steelers. People love Tim Tebow. <laughs> but you have to run the counterfactual here. It's easy to talk about Mike Tomlin's play call there. Because the Steelers won. Yeah. Run the counterfactual. What happens if that that play, that last play where, where Mika Fitzpatrick knocks it away is a touchdown and the Steelers lose the game? Mm-hmm. Then what are they saying about Mike Tomlin's decision? Yep. Exactly. And that, that's when they're going to say the right thing about Tomlin's decision, which was it was a boneheaded, yeah. moronic, you know, knee-jerk, uh, you know, Ron Rivera, I'm trying to teach the team that we're here to win, kind of <laughs> dumbass fucking play call. Where you lose the game, you know, trying to make a point or or doing something that's, you know, completely, you know, uh, 
at odds with the analytics mm-hmm. and the analytics being what the odds are of picking up that first down as well as how the game was going. And the way that that game was going is the Steelers were not running the ball. Mm-hmm. They could not run the ball in this game. Why they thought they would pick up that first down when the, when the, the, the Dallas Cowboys smelled blood, they knew they had an opportunity to put their offense back on the field there. And there's just no legitimate basis for what for what the the, the Steelers did there, but I'll yeah. take the, but I'll take yeah. the win. I'll but take the it. win. You got it. Oh, I'm out of breath now. Next up, <laughs> the game that nobody expected, completely out of left field. Saints 38, Tampa Bay three. Tampa Bay goes to six and three. Saints go to six and two. Franny, what say you about the Saints just putting an ass? I don't even know what to say about this game on I'm, the Bucks. I started watching this game. But then I stopped watching this game because it was so out of reach and I knew it was me exciting game. We we both expected Tampa to win this game. I think we both called it Tampa Bay's yeah, way. How could you not? In this one. Um, and earlier on in the season, I chose the Saints to win the game because I knew Bru- Breeze was still going to be fresh. You know, he's, he's an older guy. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady is also an older guy. But, you know, I, I didn't think he would have the same arm strength, whatever, later in the season. But. They really just dominated the entire game from beginning to end, and I don't even know what to expect from the Buccaneers now. I mean, last you know, last week we were talking about the Bucks being maybe one of the best teams, or if not the best team in the NFC, and Certainly they turn like around it. and they play. I mean, they lay an egg in this one. I mean, you know, they scored three points in the fourth quarter. That's pretty much all they got, and and it was. I mean, they also have a ton of weapons on this team, but. You know, the Saints really came out and they just kicked their ass. I, I mean, it was just an ass. It was game. a beatdown. Taysom Hill throwing the ball. Taysom like, Hill catching the ball. Yeah. Taysom Hill running the ball. <laughs> I mean, Drew Brees throwing the this ball is to what Alvin Jalen Kamara. Hurts. This is what Jalen Hurts should be yeah. for the Eagles right now. Alvin, Kam- I mean, I mean, he he had some nice plays. Uh, Taysom Hill did have some nice yeah. plays no, in this he, game. He, he's, he's, he always plays well. I mean, but, he's a strong runner. I mean, he's but, a strong I mean but look at Kamara. I mean, Kamara, let's see, 40 yards and a touchdown on the ground. What did he do through the air? Well, not, 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 the most, not even the most impressive game by Kamara. No, not a great game by Kamara. Actually, no. for for who he is. No. But, wow. I mean. Jameis Winston eating what those do you know? I mean, Sean Payton, for all his flaws, he knows how to scheme up a game plan well, he's been for around. his opponent. He's been around a little bit. And, I mean, I was shocked, as Franny and I were discussing before the podcast, I was shocked to learn that putting a large amount of pressure on an immobile pocket passer at the age of 42 <laughs> would bear results that were positive. Yeah. It took about 20 years to figure it out, but hey, we got it. I mean, Brady was, I mean, he was frustrated throughout the yeah. game. He had a horrible he, he game. He had what a horrible are, game. stats? I mean. Three interceptions yeah, on 209 three, yards and 38 attempts. Yeah, not very good. That's not very, uh, not very Tom Brady-like. But he played like shit, but he was under pressure all mm-hmm. game long. And he can't, I mean, he can move up. He can move laterally in the pocket. <laughs> he can move vertically in, in the pocket. A few steps here and there. Yeah, but, and, and, and get away from some pressure. But the pressure that the Saints had brought on him, uh, especially with you know Cameron Jordan and those guys, it it really upset the the game plan here. And Breeze, you know, still not a not an exceptional game for Breeze. Two hundred twenty two yards and four touchdowns. Well, uh, that's so, not exceptional. Throw four touchdowns. He did say, "You never play football. <laughs> you don't play football." They asked him this week, you know, what what's going on with his you know with his arm strength, and he's like, "You don't play football. Only someone that played football could know whether I have arm strength or not." Like okay, all right, yes, okay. I don't know how to drive a truck either, but I can see a truck driving off a cliff. It's not a good idea to drive off a cliff. I don't need to be a truck driver to know that. Uh, but he did make some really <laughs> stupid. He made some really stupid, you know, comments this week because mm-hmm. I think people are hip to the fact that Breeze is, you know, losing losing a step 
Uh, well, he is. I mean, obviously he's slowing down. But what do you make of the Bucks? I mean, do you think they have a chance? I mean, do you think this game, I mean, they're going to be this inconsistent? I mean, this is the blueprint on how to beat them. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether or not other teams can can replicate this. You know, the Saints from the driver's seat and, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, there's, you know, obviously chasing right now. They're going to make the playoffs, obviously, but um, how good will they be? I don't know. Yeah, the Bucks got they got the Panthers, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Vikings, the, the Falcons, the Lions, yeah. and the Falcons again. Yeah, I mean that, that, that's that's not those a, are not some easy schedule. I think you know the Falcons even at three and six can really put up a good fight against this team, especially in a division. Yeah, Lions at home, even the you know the Vikings. I mean, come on, I mean the Vikings are are starting to turn it on. I mean, if Dalvin Cook continues to do what he's doing, then. Yeah, it's 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 tough for them. But I just didn't expect it. I was it's, impressed by them early on, but no, no, not, not so much. Got to give the Saints a little bit of a highlight in this one. Say David back in. He'd missed only one snap all season. Breeze fires deep downfield. Open Hill makes the catch. That was an awesome play. <laughs> I mean, because not only did he catch the ball splitting three defenders, yep. and he didn't even get hit that hard on the play. Uh, so he managed to catch that ball down the field because of the criticism of him and beautiful play, huge first down in the game. And they just, they just beat the piss out yeah. of the, out of yeah. the bucks. Unexpected, unexpected. I, I I mean, I just, I tuned out like most other people most likely tuned out in this game yeah, because we watched it was, something. I can't remember what we were watching on TV, it was but over. it wasn't this. I mean, the, you know, the, the, you know, quarter and a half in the game was pretty much out of reach. And you they know? never got, and they kicked that field goal in the fourth quarter just to get points on the board. Yeah, exactly. Which is about the most pathetic thing you can do <laughs> yep. in yep. sports, right? Exactly. Just go for it. Fuck it. What, what do you have to lose? You know, it, I mean, is it, you get shut out. So, yeah. I mean, is there, is there a punishment that you have to walk through, you know, an alligator infested swamp on the way back to your car? <laughs> I mean, what's, what's the punishment if you get shut out? In Florida, maybe. <laughs> That's true. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did have a 10 foot, they had a 10 foot alligator on a golf, on a golf course. course. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was that. pretty, I'm sure a lot of people saw that video. Um, and that's why I wouldn't move to Florida <laughs> because of that. Yeah, yeah, dirty, they, dirty. Well, my brother lived in Tampa. They had alligators in the big, they had a big oh. lake or pond out in front of his condo, uh, or his apartment. And they had, there were, there were yep. alligators. Nope. Just I, seems a little odd to be. I don't your... like to see lizards in my backyard. Oh Lord. <laughs> you, you have a tortoise in your backyard. Yeah, but not lizards. I mean, lizards are like, you know, but they're like, like larger lizards. Like even if they're like, uh, yeah. you know, like 10 inches long, I'm like, that's, that's, that's a large lizard. But this thing's ten feet long. LL, <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, I don't want. I don't want alligators walking in my backyard. Fuck that. That is true. All it's right. Bad. Next up, we're doing this podcast. I have to worry about you getting eaten by an alligator, Ben. I don't think so. You look behind me. I look behind we, you. We record this podcast outdoors, <laughs> where football should be played, and Ben should be getting eaten by, by an alligators. alligator. Luckily, no, it's think too so. cold for alligators. Yeah. Out here, although we do have black widows, but they're not as deadly as no. uh, not gonna take my arm off. Yeah, no. Uh, next up, a game that the Jets should have won. Pats beat the Jets thirty to twenty-seven. So close in East Rutherford. Franny, what say you about the hapless Patriots? Um, three and five. I mean, they're Jets five. going I mean, to oh and nine. Both teams are pretty terrible right now, and um, you know, not much to say, but I think. You know, I I would look forward to seeing Joe Flacco as a starter for that team moving forward. I think he played really well he in did. this one. Um, you know, Cam Newton just struggling. Obviously, in this game, he did finish the game strong. The last two games in the previous weeks, he did fumble the ball, or what was it? Did he throw an interception at the end of the other game? Um, uh, but, you know, coughed it up. Yeah, he coughed it up, and and uh, you know, he he actually showed up in this one, won the game. But it, you know, they're not really going anywhere 
Obviously, New York's not going anywhere. They really want Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we'll see. I just think the Jets, <laughs> Joe Douglas, maybe as GM, will talk Woody he was much Johnson better, into it, but I don't know. Philly. I wouldn't count on it. Maybe they give him too much credit. Actually, yeah. you know what? We talked about that on the podcast. Remember we talked about Joe Douglas, and I said he was given too much credit for the Eagles' success, and it's really showing in New York right now. He was the little fish that swam next to the shark that it, was Howie Roseman. Exactly. And he's like, don't eat me. Don't even, eat me. Even Howie Look Roseman. at the shark I'm next sure to me. A lot of, there's a lot of Philly fans out there that are not happy right now with Howie Roseman. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, but the Jets, they, you know, they're not able to score any points in the fourth quarter. If they were able to put up some points in the fourth quarter, they would have been able to win this game. They did have a chance on the final drive of the game. They were just up against the clock, up against it, and they just couldn't quite get there. Joe Flacco. Interception at the end of the game. Uh, but, yeah, both of these teams, uh, you know, Bill Belichick got really defensive this week about his draft picks because he's really getting hammered about the lack of success they've had with draft picks these past few years. Got really defensive about it. Uh, you know, I essentially, know he said, I'll put my record. I think we've done pretty good over the last 20 years. Whenever <laughs> yeah. you say stuff like that, it, well, mean, it means you're just pissed off. It's true. It means you just answer the question. If, if I was him, I would wear all six rings on I'm my fingers. I, I, won, I, won, I can work out. I won, I, I, won, just, uh, I won 10, you know, Mr. Worlds or whatever. I would just hold up the rings to everybody in the room and be like, are you guys serious? Are you serious? You guys see these things? Come on. Yeah, but I mean, you can't do it. You can't have it both ways, right? He's always saying, "I'm not going to talk about that game because I want to talk about the next game." Yeah. I'm gonna. I want to no. know. Do you have any questions about the Jets? Because I don't. I don't want to talk about the last. Do you have any questions about the Jets? No. So, in other words, we have some questions about this year, about this team, Bill. We don't want to hear about all the previous teams that you had where you won six Super Bowls. If your shtick when you're on the podium is, I don't want to talk about last week. I want to talk about the Jets or whoever your well, next opponent I is. Wanna, I don't want to talk about last so, week. I want to talk, well, talk about your draft picks. That you, I want to talk about Nikhil Harry. I want to talk about the rest of the draft picks you got on the field that are st- that are stinking balls out there. Uh, maybe more Tom Brady than Bill Belichick. Possibly. <laughs> is that possible, Franny? Well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the season wraps up. But is it possible but, that this was more Brady than Belichick? Is it I don't know. Is I don't, it I don't, I don't, possible? It's, it's it's difficult. I mean, it's it's hard to say because you know Tom Brady does have a lot more weapons in Tampa Bay than does Bill Belichick in New England right now. Oh, for sure. I'm just wondering if if Brady was as much an explanation for the success over the last 20 years as as the coach that everyone assumes is. It will be written in the history books. That is just. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Uh, the Last Kingdom. <laughs> it it. Uh, it would be written that I was the true leader of Bebenburg. <laughs> it was not Tom Brady. I led. And I defeated the Vikings. I defeated the, what do they call them in the show? Not the Vikings. They call the them uh, the Danes. I defeated the Danes, not Tom Brady. Uh, last game of the week, a flip-flop, a reversal of fortune. Colts 34, Titans 17. Colts go to 6-3. and three. Titans fall to 6-3. and three. Not long mm-hmm. ago, they were... Six and oh, five and oh, or five and oh, going against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Philip Rivers with a great game 29 39, 308 yeah. yards and a touchdown in the game. Well, it was a close game, it was a close game until the third quarter with the blocked, uh, blocked punt. Yep, scored a touchdown. It was pretty much over by then. But you know, I mean, the, the, the Colts, you know, like we mentioned, they're hot and cold. I mean, they're a scary team to meet in the playoffs. Actually, both either one of these teams, if you meet them in the playoffs, it'd be pretty scary. 
Yeah, they got a tough schedule coming up. They got Packers. They'll be the number one seed, though, Ben, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that, but we'll see. Packers, they got Packers, Titans, Texans, Raiders, Texans, Steelers, and Jags. Not a, not an easy schedule uh, coming up, but I think the Titans are... I did say they were fool's gold coming into the season. Yeah, if I still, recall, I did say that. They're six and three. They're, they're ahead of where they were last season when they went to the AFC Championship game. So, you know. But, I mean, they got the Bears next week. Uh, Colts, Ravens. Let's see. Uh, Let's... Ravens, Colts, Browns, Jags, Lions, Packers, and Texans. No, that that seems like an easy route to a good record at the end of the season. I just love that twenty-seven to twenty-four win <laughs> by the Pittsburgh Steelers. There, you don't say. Yeah, but I mean, I think you know they've got great coaching in Indy. So I mean, I would take. Any any matchup between the Colts and the Titans in a playoff game, I'm going to take Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. Vrabel's a really Mike Vrabel's a really good Come coach, back, but I'm going to Frank uh, Reich. Yeah, exactly. Come back to yeah, I mean, Philadelphia. Peterson, Peterson needs a little bit more. I think he needs a little bit more empathy. You know, he did lose. You know, one of the best uh, coaching minds in the game, as he, he was the offensive coordinator at the time, mm-hmm. and I think there is. You know, you can't lose. I mean, if, if what happens if you know Andy Reid loses, uh, be enemy. You know how good. You know it, what's well, the impact going to be yeah, on that I, team? Andy Reid has a little more experience. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. But I mean, but these guys. I mean, there are guys. You know what's Bel? What happens to Belichick if you know uh, Josh, whatever the hell his name mm-hmm. is, whoever McDaniel's, mm-hmm. who everybody wants every single year as their head coach, but he never leaves to go anywhere. Yeah. All right, Franny, that's it for week nine. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our week 10 picks. All right, that took longer than expected it took a as while. usual. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back with our week 10 picks. And as Franny said last week, we'll try to wrap it up. Last week, we got it in nine minutes. Right. Was it nine minutes or 10 I minutes? I, I don't remember. I, it was pretty close, though. But it was pretty close. So we're going to see if we can get through this uh, break a record for our <laughs> NFL week 10 picks. Hold tight, everybody. <laughs> All right, Ben, we are back with our week 10 picks. Trying to break a record here. I think last week, I think we said we got it through in about nine minutes. Yeah, let's try to do it again. Franny, Texans at Browns. I'd say Browns in this one, Ben. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans. I think the Browns have more. Not shocking. It's a team in your division. Yeah, I think the Browns have more talent, but the Texans... I just think they have more... Not in your division. Not in my division. <laughs> more heart. More something. Oh, uh, I just think don't. I think the Browns are inconsistent. No Beckham. I know they got still have receivers, still have talent on defense. I just think the Texans, I think they're going to get a win here. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Washington at the Detroit Lions. Oh, I'm going to choose the Lions in this one, Ben. I'm going to take Alex Smith and oh, wow. the Washington yep. football team. I'm not going to doubt you. I'm not going to doubt you. I doubted you a couple of times last week with a few of the picks you made, but I'm not going to doubt you, but I'm still going to the Lions. Yeah, I just can't. I can't have a lot of faith. In I know they're at home. Uh, too inconsistent. Alex Smith got a full game under his belt. Better coach. Not a better quarterback, but I, I think the I think Washington will get a win here. Mm-hmm. Oh, next up. This is a this could be a good game. Yeah. Bucks at Panthers, ten o'clock in the morning. PSPDT. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was more confident in the Buccaneers just a week ago. Now I'm not so sure, 
but I still have to choose them. I mean, they still have the better weapons. They still have the better coach, I would say, as well. Um, even though they're playing at Panthers, I, I just have to choose the Bucks in this one. I'm sure most people will. Yeah, the NFL went down to City Hall to the building and planning department, got the blueprint on how to beat the Buccaneers, and now the Panthers have it. They know it's a two-story walk-up. They have they know how many bathrooms there are. They know how to get to and from the building. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, ooh, Eagles at Giants. I have to choose the Eagles, Ben. I just have to choose the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles as well. Everybody's back. Not everybody, mm-hmm. but a lot yeah, of people not are. Even close. Everybody, if everybody were back, that would be about uh, 20 guys coming back this week. But <laughs> Sanders is back. Miles Sanders back. Jeffrey is back. Mm-hmm. Wentz had a, a week to be introspective. I'm going to take the Eagles yeah. in that one. Uh, next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Packers. Packers. Packers for sure. Not sure they'll cover. Uh, but I'll take the Packers there. Ooh, another exciting game. Bills at Cardinals. That's an interesting one. Bills going from the sticks yeah, of, no. of uh, Orchard Grove, New York, <laughs> all the way out to Phoenix to play in the red, whatever they're called, the red zone, the red something. Red rocket. Red, red <laughs> rocket. It's a lot of red. Let's just say that. There's uh, a lot of red out there. I don't know. I mean, this is this is a really tough game to call. I mean, the Bills were really impressive against the Seahawks. It's a tough one. I want to choose the Bills. I am too gonna choose the Bills. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills are riding a little bit of a, a momentum. Bit, yeah. A little bit of a high right there. A little bit of a high right here. I mm-hmm. think the Cardinals are struggling a little bit, especially on defense. Offensively, they look a little bit disjointed. Uh, I think Josh Allen and the Bills might get a win here mm-hmm. and say, we are here in the AFC East. In the AFC in general. No. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> Chargers. No. At, no, no. <laughs> Superman not here. Uh, Chargers at Dolphins. Uh, You know, Last week, I would have chosen the Chargers. This week, I'm going to choose the Dolphins in this one because the Dolphins are also riding a little bit of a high and their defense has been playing really well. I could see them getting a sack, fumble, return for a touchdown against the Chargers. I mean, the Dolphins, I'm going to choose them in this one. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. Chargers should win the game, uh, but because of the coaching staff and the way that they're playing, I am too going to go with Tua. Tago Bailoa. Uh, next up, Broncos at Raiders. Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. Not much to think about. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one. Uh, I mean, it, it, the Broncos are tough because they have those games where... They're, they're not. They're not and it's still John Gruden. Uh, next up, Seahawks at Rams. That is probably, well, for this podcast, yeah. the most interesting game of the week because you guys should it's win your game sen- pretty easily. We technically should win it's ours, too. It's a sensitive too. topic. <laughs> but, I mean, um, well, Sonia thinks the Rams are, you know, the 85 Bears all the time. Yeah, but no the, matter Rams, the Rams always play the Seahawks. Even when they were crappy, when they were not a good Rams team, um, they would still play them pretty tough. They're playing here in L.A., it's so far. I mean, I have to. I have to choose the Seahawks. I just have to choose the Seahawks because of Sonya. Yeah, I have to choose the Seahawks because I think Pete Carroll is not going to allow what happened last week and the game against uh, what's the other game they lost? They lost to the Bills and 
can't remember the other game that they lost. The Cardinals. Cardinals. I, I just can't see Pete Carroll allowing that to happen, mm-hmm. especially against a division opponent. I can't see Bobby Wagner allowing it to happen. Uh, I think the defense may not play at a high level, but they'll play at a high enough level in this game to beat the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff is Jared Goff. So who knows what we'll get out of him. Bengals at Steelers. Steelers finally get a home game. <laughs> uh, I'm going to choose the Steelers in this one, Ben. Well, if I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is playing, I'm going to choose the Steelers. They got to get the cobwebs off the stadium. They haven't been there in a while. I am going to take. I'm going to take the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a tougher game than we expect. It, it always is against the Bengals. Uh, most of the the malcontents, the ne'er do wells <laughs> that Marvin Lewis had that team staffed up. Uh, Staffed up with are no longer there, but I still fear injuries in this game because that seems to always happen when we play the Bengals late in the season. The ne'er-do-wells. Right. The ne'er-do-wells, like Vontez Perfect and the rest of them. Uh, but it's going to be it's gonna be a little bit, I think it's going to be a little tougher than people think, but without Joe Mixon, I'm inclined to, uh, I'm inclined to pick the Steelers. Next up, Niners at Saints. Afternoon game. Oh, Saints. Well, you just say it like it's uh, a uh, foregone conclusion. It is. It is. It's the Saints all the way. Uh, they're playing in New Orleans. No Jimmy G, no George Kittle. I'll take the Saints. Uh, next up, Ravens at Pats. Ravens at Patriots, Ooh, the night game. Ravens. Ooh. That's not, that's not that difficult to choose in this one. Night game, Ravens at Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to win this game. I think Cam Newton, I think there's going to be one of those two or three games that you don't expect every mm-hmm. week. And I think this is going to be one of them. You know, it's against the Ravens. So that may play a little bit of a part in I my decision making. You might need a shot for that. But uh, only because you're, I don't know why you would choose the Patriots in this one at all. What have they shown you the past eight weeks? The nine Bel- weeks? Belichick was a really defensive this week. Newton was really defensive this week. If there's anybody that can scheme up, a game plan against an overhyped quarterback with very relatively, relatively few weapons on yeah, offense, real overhyped weapons. until they play the Steelers. You're like, oh, they're the toughest team in the league. I don't know how we're going to win this one. But when they play against somebody else? Yeah, easy game. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to take the Pats. I think the Patriots are going to win this game tomorrow night. All right. Uh, next up, Vikings at Bears. You know, I'm going to choose the Vikings in this one. The Vikings have actually impressed the last few weeks. I'll choose the Vikings. The Bears, I cannot not yeah. so much. I cannot choose the Bears. I, yeah, I mean, if it was Bears Jets, I'd be like, yeah, uh, Cook. maybe the Jets. See so yeah, how Delvin Cook does against his defense, but I'm going to choose the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins has been around the league long enough to figure out enough on that defense to get some points on the board. Uh, last game of the Ooh. week: the Cardinals at the Seahawks. That first short game. week on a Thursday night. Yeah, that first game was one of the best of the season so far. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it was not it was, on defense, was, but yes. No, it was it was a fun game to watch. Uh, you know, for neutral spectators, if you're you know Sanya and a Seahawks fan, maybe not so much. But um, you mean I, an overtime I, loss I, to your division opponent. Yep. Yep, exactly. And a, and a terrible <laughs> interception at the end of the game. Nothing like losing in extra time when you <laughs> against your division opponent. Uh, but man, uh, this is a tough one, Ben. I mean, who do you choose? You're looking inside to see if Sun is coming out. Maybe to say good night. But who do you choose? I can, I can, I can sense you maybe picking the Cardinals in this one. 
I think I'm going to take the Cardinals. I just, oh, oh, where is she? Where, where's your, where, where's, where's your wife be, at? Where's your wife? I'm going to tell her. Just because the Seahawks, I mean, I think the, I think the Seahawks can pull it together to beat the Rams, I but the Rams what? don't have Kyler Murray, so I'm 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 slightly biased. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose the Seahawks. I I just have to. I have to. Otherwise, I don't feel right. Well, I have to too. <laughs> but I mean, I, I can't. I can't go against. You're not. I can't go against what my head is telling me, and my head is telling me. That this defense has too many problems, with Jamal Adams playing out of position, continuing mm-hmm. to play out of position at safety, should be a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it's gonna be close. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be close. I mean, probably wouldn't. Don't try to fix it. Now. You know, three points. But she, I, I, she doesn't listen to the podcast. Anyways. That's true. But I think <laughs> I think I, I, unfortunately I hope the Seahawks win. Go but I go think, inside I, and tell her. I think the Cardinals might win this game. Oh, okay. All right. Keep it on the hush hush. On the hush hush. You, you probably call her tomorrow. We texting it all over. <laughs> ben chose the Cardinals. I will. Uh, I yeah, will. I know you will. When, 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 I know you up, will. When they're up fourteen, you know nothing in the first quarter. Like Sunday. Well, Ben called it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's the reason. He's the reason this is happening. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Your undefeated Steelers, Sonya's Seahawks, and my lowly Eagles. All right, folks. It's the tag team news. Friday, who do you want to take first? The Steelers. I think the Steelers are first, actually. They are. On the agenda, Ben. So let's talk about the Steelers. Go. Last week, I think a couple weeks ago, we went worst to first. This week, we go first to worst. Huh. Uh, Thanks. Well, actually, technically, we're all first place in the division. So That's true. Really, yeah, exactly. That's so. true. Uh, but first up, why no love for Ben Roethlisberger as the MVP of the league? This guy is 8-0. and oh, He's calling the offense at the end of games. Randy Feekner doesn't have the slightest clue what he's doing, but when they go four wide, five wide, down the field, game after game after game, when the Steelers have to win the game, Roethlisberger is going no huddle. Roethlisberger is calling the plays. Roethlisberger is getting these team, this team wins. They're 8-0. Last year, they, they barely struggled to get eight wins as a combined unit. They've already got eight wins, and the only difference between last year and this other than Chase Claypool and Devin Bush going down, is Ben Roethlisberger. That's true. That's true. He doesn't, he doesn't He doesn't. get enough respect for what he does on that team. I mean, this year, completion percentage, 68.1% yards per attempt, 67 mm-hmm. 16 or 18 TDs, and only four interceptions on the year. He's four or five points above his typical completion percentage. But why does Ben Roethlisberger never get any respect. I mean, they're still talking about Russell Wilson who just came off mm-hmm. two shit games in a row. Yep. And they're still talking about Russell Wilson as the potential MVP candidate. Patrick Mahomes is an MVP candidate. Why is Ben Roethlisberger not in this conversation? Well, I think it also, you know, the defense has been pretty solid as well. I mean, it's not like they've struggled on defense at all. Um, you know, the offensive line is still pretty much intact too. Sort of. Um, I mean, some, well, I mean, some, you know, for Russell Wilson part. has to run for his life and do what he does out there. With Actually, the, the Seattle's offensive line has been a no, better no, than better been, than norm, better than typical. Yeah, but better. I mean, if you're the worst offensive line in the league and you're slightly better, you're still bad. I mean, he still probably has one of the worst offensive lines in the league. So what he does behind that line is still pretty impressive. Um, and you know, obviously we have Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure he's in the MVP uh, candidate talk as well, which is you know not shocking because. You know, he's Patrick Mahomes and he does amazing things out on the field. I guess two Super um, Bowls you know, ain't no, it doesn't mean shit. <laughs> no, I just think he has, you know, a very solid team all around him. You know, there, there's not, I mean, what is the weakest link that the Steelers have right now? I mean, they don't have a very 
weak point on their team. I mean, their secondary maybe. Yep, you that's, know, I mean, probably stopping, their, that's probably the weakest the point. With, with they're Mike not Hilton, good at stopping you know? the run either. You know, I mean, their their run defense could possibly be a little bit better than what it is right now. Um, but I think he's just not getting that sort of MVP talk right now because the whole the entire team is pretty solid, and he's just part of it. Well, you should take Patrick Mahomes off the fucking off the board. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't even be able to. He shouldn't even be in the conversation yeah. at all. Yeah, but, especially last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with the, he didn't win you think year. the Steelers got weapons? Yeah, but he didn't win the MVP last year. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has got weapons up, up and down in the Eastern Seaboard. <laughs> you got Le'Veon Bell coming in. You got Andy Reid. Hey, you got the enemy over there. Right now, I'll be like, hey, Teddy Bridgewater is the MVP. Yeah, but I mean, you, if if that's the comparator, right? Yeah, I, I give you, I give it to you on the Seahawks. The offensive line is much improved, but much improved for them is like going from a Honda from a Hyundai. It's not that much of an improvement. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give you Russell Wilson, but he's actually never gotten an MVP vote in his career, which it's is pretty sad. It's pretty sad. Uh, but but he has played really, really badly the last couple of losses. Yeah. So I just think it's 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 the Josh Allen's, the the Ben Roethlisberger's. They should get a little bit more love in the MVP conversation yeah. than than they're getting. Do you disagree? I think no. No, I I completely agree. Oh, I do. Right. But the whole team is a pretty darn solid team. So, so he's being punished because his his front office is not is not uh, Joe Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair no, enough. I, I know. I I completely agree with your argument. He should be up there with these other guys. Um, and he's calling plays on offense. He is the yeah. only ones that work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, he has experience to do so, and I, I trust him over any offensive coordinator out there. Uh and that's. That's saying something. And yeah. he doesn't get enough credit for how smart he is as a football player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people think of him as a meathead who drives a motorcycle and crashes into cars and misses half a season. And, and shows his penis to people shows, at, Takes at his parties. penis out in the bathroom at a bar and, <laughs> you know, does a, just does a lot of, you know, goes hunting and takes pictures next to dead bears. So he's does just, he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought that was just Carson Wentz. I thought that was just Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, uh, to all the Pennsylvania quarterbacks. Uh, I guess so. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I get that piece of it, but I mean, there ain't no, I mean, he's yeah. playing well. He's not making I a mean, lot the of mistakes. Best record that the Steelers have ever had. Right. And, and he's part and, of that team. And Russell Wilson's, you know, flopsy mopsy coughing the ball <laughs> up, throwing, you know, multiple interceptions game we'll after see. game. And he's, we'll see if, if they're, you know, like you said, 14 and two, if they finish the season 14 and two or 15 and one, maybe he'll be up there in the running for MVP. But right now, if Kansas city overtakes them and, and they, you know, are have the best seed in the AFC. I, I don't think there's any question that Patrick Mahomes is probably the MVP. But I, you know, we'll see how the season shakes out. But he should definitely be up there with these other guys. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty sad. I mean, Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl in what 2012, 2013. Not a single vote. Ben Roethlisberger could go get the number one seed, potentially get to the Super Bowl without a single MVP vote. Mm-hmm. That that just boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Inexplicable. I mean, Tom Brady will probably get some. <laughs> uh, next up, the Seahawks. Pete Carroll was extended his contract extension, making him the highest paid coach in the NFL. But is the defense too bad to overcome? I, I mixed up the, 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 I think so. This is more of a conversational yeah. uh, tag team news this week. I'd rather just throw out a topic and see what you think. I mean, do you think that defense is too bad to overcome? I think so. Even if Russell Wilson is, you know, plays goes back to playing how he did earlier in the yeah. season. I mean, I, I think that defense, I mean, if you allow, you know, thirty points a game. It's it's really it's really difficult to overcome that. Um, you know, as far as, as as Pete Carroll being extended, I think it's a good idea. I mean, extend the guy. Um, you know, the Seahawks have never had more success under any other coach other than Pete Carroll. I mean, these last you know eight years or whatever have been 
amazing for them, you know, compared to what their history has been, which has been a lot of failure. And I'm surprised that Sonya is a Seahawks fan. And she didn't just become a Seahawks fan, like a lot of Seahawks fans no, she here has a Dave Craig jersey on in the West somewhere. Coast. A lot of Seahawks fans out here are fans because of what they've done recently, but they were a really bad oh, organization yeah. before Pete Carroll took over. I mean, they obviously, you know, was it under Holmgren uh, when they played, you know, the Steelers yeah. in, the, in, in, the, in the Super Bowl where they found a little bit of success, but Puppy they've monkey, been, baby. Uh, uh, you know, a complete failure uh, for, for, you know, since 1970 something when they came into the league. And, you know, I, I completely agree with extending him, even though he does make some bonehead moves, even though, you know, he, he, he makes terrible decisions when they're in the lead and, and he always allows teams back into the game. But what he does for that team, how much these guys respect him, I do agree with extending Pete Carroll for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's the only thing that might save the defense. Is, is Pete Carroll, his expertise on defense. And, you know, I think it uh, was a couple of years ago when, when Mike Tomlin essentially said, you know, I'm done with you guys. I'm going to call the defense. I think that might be something close to what Pete Carroll might have to do with mm-hmm. Ken Norton. He might have to step in. Yeah. But Pete Carroll. And take a Same as Bilicek and, and Tom Brady. Kind of go hand in hand. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. How much, how much you know, success would Pete Carroll find with another quarterback? So. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, too. and 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 Tom Brady probably goes back to the sideline, or you know, he might not call that pass in the Super Bowl. You know, he he might. I mean, Tom Brady might be able to talk Bill Belichick out of yeah. out of that play call and mm-hmm. giving it to Marshawn Lynch potentially. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Eagles. The uh, state of denial is Pennsylvania. <laughs> is it a make or break for Carson Wentz? Brett Favre this week said the Eagles should have kept Nick Foles instead of Carson Wentz. He said, I respect his opinion and his words. This is what Peterson said. Those aren't mine. Peterson said on Wednesday's press conference, please don't put words in my mouth or we're going to have a problem. Carson's our guy. Bottom line, end of story. Uh, So this week, Brett Favre came out and said that they probably should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Uh, the Athletic ran a poll this week, and here's one particularly pointed comment from an unnamed offensive coordinator about Carson Wentz. Wentz needs to hit rock bottom because his decision-making is just atrocious. He doesn't know when to say when. Everything is trying to extend the play like it's the last play of the game. Every play. They have all these coaches, all these analytics guys, but there isn't anybody holding him accountable. He is not afraid of anybody, and he's not accountable enough, and they probably think he is, but the results don't say that. Which is hard. Uh, what do you think about you know this? this it, it's 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 a giant, I mean, giant you, rock on top of Carson yeah, Wentz's head I mean, right you, now. You lose, you know, your your two best offensive linemen, and you've been hit, and I don't know about sack, but he's been hit more than any other quarterback in the league. I mean, of course you're going to struggle, and he has struggled, and he does extend plays, and he doesn't make you know quick decisions in the pocket like he probably should. Um, but I mean, you know, Nick Foles is really not the answer as well. I mean, Nick Foles obviously did take the Eagles to the promised land. <laughs> he did win the Super Bowl. The only promised the, land they've ever reached. He was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And, and you know, he will always, you know, he, for, he will forever be a hero in Philadelphia. But whether he's the right choice over Carson Wentz, I'm not sure about that. Um, you know, we, we've seen the best of Nick Foles. We've seen the worst of Nick Foles. We're seeing what he's doing in, you know, Chicago right now. We saw what he did in Jacksonville. We saw what he did with the Eagles in his first stint with the Eagles, you know, where he was amazing. And then he, and with was, the Rams. And then he was a mediocre. We saw what he did with the Rams. I mean, he's been all over the place. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, like Fitzpatrick, you can play fantastic. 
but then you can also play like shit. I mean, he's not very consistent as a starting quarterback. And for Brett Favre to say something like that, Brett Favre was also a gunslinger. And for somebody to come out and say that he's not taking care of the football, Brett Favre was one of the worst guys to take yeah, care of the much, football. It, much like Russell Wilson, a guy that should have two. Yeah. Super Bowls mm-hmm. rather than one. He yeah. should have won that game he at sh- Denver. He should have. But I mean, he, he was he's a, you know, a similar type player who is who's also extending plays, who also trusted his arm more than, you know, whatever was happening on the field, you know, similar to Carson Wentz. I mean, he believes he can squeeze the ball in between three defenders. It doesn't always happen. So for Brett Favre to come out and say that, yeah, it's a little questionable. I mean, if it was, you know, Peyton Manning or or, you know, one of the other greats that retired then, you know, I would trust them a little bit more than I would Brett Favre. Okay, I don't disagree. <laughs> but I think I got to the bottom of it. I found uh, one of the clips from Carson Wentz's, you know, Pop Warner, uh, whatever you call it, Junior League football. And this might have huh. something to do with how he ended up in the headspace that he's at. And if, just so that we're clear, every time we step on this field, our goal is to be a winner. And if your dad has said, oh, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, just as long as you have fun, well, I hate to say it, your dad's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think I might have gotten to the bottom of it there. Uh, this was uh, this is not actually from Carson Wentz. I just yeah, found I this clip, yeah. and I was like, that's too awesome to <laughs> not play that on the, on the broadcast. I figured the that podcast. was Carson Wentz. Uh, but I mean, that might have, I mean, it, what is, because I, I attribute, I mean, Brett Favre is Brett Favre. He's, he, I don't think he particularly thinks through all of the things that he says, mm-hmm. especially nowadays. Uh, but I think a lot of this is in his head. Yeah. I don't think it has to do with accountability. I don't think, you know, he would, he'd be getting rid of the ball more quickly if he thought he was going to get held accountable for it. I just think it's how he plays and there's something in his headspace where he he just can't play as disciplined as he should be. And I and I don't think it's it, this is not a critique of him, it's not a criticism of him. I just feel like there's something going on in his head that prevents him from making better decisions, but I don't think he lacks the ability to do it. And I think when he ultimately is able to do it, which we've seen him do before, yeah. especially in 2017, I just feel like right now he's got too much on his shoulders. Yeah. There are too many injuries. There's, there's lots too to much weight. Right uh, there's too much expectation in that town. And he's trying to do more than he can conceivably do. Yeah, he holds mm-hmm. the ball too long. Yeah, he throws the ball into tight windows. Yeah, he, he you know, he's been throwing interceptions. The fumbles, that's, that, that's an that's, issue that he's that's had. That's a problem. Yeah, that's an issue that he's had since he came into the league and he has more fumbles than any other quarterback. Um, but you know, when you lose Brandon Brooks, you lose Lane Johnson, you don't have these guys out there to protect you. And then you have other guys on the offensive line that are playing out of position. It, you know, it's, it's, you know, it really sets you up for failure and, you know, they're still in first place right now in the division. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they're still in first have, place. How many wins? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're still in first place in the division. You only worry about the division that you're in right now. And, um, you know, we know what Carson Wentz is capable of when he's at the top of his game. Um, but he he's just trying to do too much right now. And that's probably where the coaching staff should hold him accountable and say, you know what? It's okay to throw the ball away. It's okay to live for another down or another drive. You know, you don't have to throw, you know, you don't have to force these throws to try to make something happen. We have other players on this team that can do that for you. But I think right now he thinks that 
he is the driving force behind, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles where he doesn't have to think that way. Maybe they just have to change, you know, the way he thinks right now. Yeah. I mean, I did appreciate Doug Peterson coming out, you know, and, and defending his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Come after me. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, that was, that was <laughs> Doug Peterson's. I don't know if you remember that Oklahoma state uh, head coach. There was some criticism of his quarterback. I think it was a quarterback. Yeah, and Doug, Doug Peterson's a little bit over 40. He went out like, a, a, yeah, but he went out like this eight minute rant, you know, lecturing the, the, the media, the media on how they should not be so hard on the players, especially, you know, younger players, you know, put the, put the, the blame, especially in the NFL where it belongs, which is mm-hmm. primarily on the coaching staff, the general management and the team, generally speaking. Yeah. You know, Carson Wentz is one player of 11 when he's out there mm-hmm. and he's doing everything he can. Uh, he's making a lot of mistakes, but uh, you know it's like a mash unit out there. I mean, Hawkeye and BJ are coming in to try to figure <laughs> out who who is left that can go out there. I mean, Travis Fulgham is hey. is is one of your better receivers right now. Playing, he's probably the best offensive weapon that we have yeah, right now. But, but DJ, yeah. I mean, you know, Deshaun yeah. Jackson not out, playing. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey not playing. Ertz, Miles Sanders Ertz not is playing. Out. Goddard was Ertz out. Ertz is few out. Games. Goddard is out. Half the yeah. defense, half the defense yeah. Yeah. is out. I mean, you know, cut the guy a little bit of slack. No, I, I I completely agree. I mean, obviously, I'm I am I'm pretty pissed off during these games when I see some of these throws that he makes or when he fumbles the ball. You know how I how I react to that, Ben. You receive those same text messages that you send me when the Steelers are struggling. Um, but I, you know, I I I still I wouldn't throw him under the bus just yeah. yet and say, you know what, we should draft another quarterback or start Jalen Hurts over him. I think he's still the best option at quarterback that the Eagles currently have. Yeah, and, and of course, in my mind, when you send those text messages, I'm thinking, dude, I mean, half your team is out. I yeah, mean, what, I know. what yeah. do you, you know, like, I think, well, I mean, and I want to be supportive, obviously, but I feel <laughs> like, I mean, you know, any other team in this in this situation, they're going to struggle, yeah. regardless of who they are. Your entire receiving core is out. Your mm-hmm. entire, half your defense is out. You're off, your best offensive, offensive lineman are out. Is that except I, Kelsey? I mean, I mean, there's a reason Travis Fulgham's been on 15 teams. Yeah. You know, there's, so... The expectations, I think, in Philly are a little high. A little high. Just a little bit. Given given what they got. Yeah. And and it's not Carson Wentz's fault that he's the only guy out there. Not the only guy out there, but yeah. but a guy that's really just trying to get... He's trying to move, matriculate the ball down the field. And still in first place. Yeah. And and wouldn't it be ironic if it ends up being the Steelers against Philly? Oh. Philly, Philly gets everybody healthy in like week 15, <laughs> 16. Everybody's back. Jackson's back. Everybody's back. Firing and, all and you guys run through and you guys run through the playoffs and it ends up being you, you know, us against you. That'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. All right, Franny, that's it. For I the, doubt it'll happen, but it would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it, it, anything is possible. 2017. <laughs> uh, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our shot of the week, which is in honor of your Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know you're nervous about taking this one. I am nervous about taking this one. So we're going to take a quick, uh, a quick break so we can uh, gather ourselves uh-huh. and, and determine how best to drink the shot and how much of the shot to uh, consume <laughs> after the shot has actually uh, been drank, drunk, drank, drank, drunk. I never know which one of those is correct. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back, folks, with Frane's punishing shot of the week.
All right, and we are back with our shot of the week, uh, which is in honor go of the Pittsburgh <laughs> Steelers. And as long as the Pittsburgh Steelers remain undefeated, we will continue to drink these spicy shots that we've put in together, Ben, because you love the spicy shots. You don't like the sweet to a shots. Limit. To yeah, a well, limit. Well, hey, I want to see how far you're willing to go with <laughs> exactly. these spicy shots. And tonight we have a shot that's in an actual jalapeno. All right. Next week so, you're going to see Mike Tomlin <laughs> tied up in my back room. So tonight's you're shot. You're not going to win this week, Mike. It was a great name, Ben, that you came up with. It is the jalapeno because you guys are eight. And oh, we're going for nine. And if you guys win this weekend, I'm not sure what I'm going to come up with next. But it's going to be hot. It's going to be spicy. And you're going to be sick of spicy shots by the time I doubt this, it. Well, this actually one, lose this one I'm worried about. a game. So this, this one, one is a hollowed out jalapeno with some pineapple juice, a little bit of tequila. I didn't put Cholula in there. I should put Cholula in there just to make it even well, spicier. But I did not with a little bit of lime juice and on ooh, the rim ooh. of the actual hollowed out uh, jalapeno, there's a little bit of tahine, Ben. You love your tahine. Oh boy. So we'll see how this tastes. Um, they're, they're jalapenos that are in glass. Uh, well, the shot glasses, the shot basically. Glasses, yeah. um, because mine was leaking a little bit, but Ben, yours is pretty much infused straight up yeah, I know. jalapeno. I know. I don't know how you're going to drink that. But good luck to you. Uh, but well, you're going to carry the podcast for the next ten minutes. Jalapeno, and I'm waiting for that fire to just come shooting out of your mouth with oh this one. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, it smells nice though. Look how nice that smells. It's like a nice, nice, spicy, yeah, tahine. It jalapeno smells like an innocuous green yeah, pepper, but it's it? not. <laughs> wow. It's just like oh, I'm, I'm just a green, Ooh, I'm man, just a it, green it, pepper. It, it I'm just, just longer than some. It burns your nose. Ah. Uh. This is this is you took pictures of these, yes? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. my this is right up there with some of your better concoctions, your mm-hmm. high level high was, level concoctions. This is inspired. a tipsy bartender submission. It was inspired by a tipsy bartender, but I don't know which, which ingredients they use. This is these are my own ingredients, but I saw that they hollowed out a jalapeno. I'm like, this is perfect. This is perfect for Ben. Oh my god! Okay, you want to you want to try it? Let's let's keep this hot streak going. Oh my god! Cheers to you, Ben. I don't know if Ben Rosberg could drink this. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> there is spice. <laughs> that is spicy. <laughs> that is a spicy. Wow, I ain't eating that jalapeno. That is a spicy, spicy shot right there. My throat. Oh my is god, burning. no way! Wow, no way am I eating that jalapeno. No way. I'll lick the tahini off. Holy shit! It tastes good though. It's. I mean, it tastes really nice, but my throat is burning. Oh. I didn't think it would be that spicy. Oh my god! Oh, talking about a spicy shot, huh? Oh, where's my where's my water? Water's not going to help at all, though. <laughs> that I'm st- I'm drinking some of that Beechwood Amalgamator from last week. Uh-huh. That's not going to help. Oh man, that is a spicy, spicy shot. I mean, did you finish it upon entry? Yeah, there's nothing in there. Upon entry. It didn't taste like it was going to be that spicy, but Ooh. at the back of the throat, it's really burning really? the back of my throat right now. I think my nose is running. <laughs> oh, my nose is definitely sweating. I get no sweats when I eat Ooh, hot foods. That's, I mean, it smells nice, though. I mean, the jalapeno smells Ooh. nice. I, I'm really tempted burns. to bite into the jalapeno, but I keep moving it away from me just so I don't actually do it. So am I. I'm actually, 
I'm tempted to oh, bite shit. into it, but I'm like, oh my god, what's gonna happen if I do? Whoo! Actually, it's not that bad. Yeah, that's what you say. Hmm. Oh, there's a lime. As long as you don't bite, suck on this lime a little bit. Lime gonna help me. As long as you don't bite into the seeds, right? Oh my god, that was one of the better. I mean, the presentation is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got to take my glasses off now for a There's second to wipe uh, off my uh, nose. <laughs> Your glasses are fogging up right there. Your face is turning red. Oh, that was hot. That but was... yeah, no, you can find that. Uh, <sighs> that the, was hot. You can find the pic on Instagram and on Twitter Ooh. at Goal Thirst and at Thirst And. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's a very nice shot. We even have the, the, uh, the Steelers helmet in there because it's representing the red hot Steelers right yeah. now. At eight and O, oh, the Jalapate and O oh, Ben. And where would you rate this on our Thurston Goal rating scale of shots as you try to sip everything <sighs> around you to try to kill that Ooh. spicy burn at the back of your throat? Easy ten. Easy ten. Really? That's you've been struggling. Yeah, but you, you haven't been able to talk for the past minute. But that's a ten. Yeah, I mean, but that's <laughs> what you want, right? I mean, you don't yeah. typically drink these and then go on a podcast. You know, you don't go to the bar and like give me the give me the shot I'm going to like the most, but then make me talk to uh, to hundreds of people. Yeah, there's no more. There's no Ooh. more in there. No more tequila in there. I was I was or I was, thousands of people actually. Mm. Uh you know it it, whoo, but it's it's really good. I tasted the juice. I tasted the tequila. I tasted the tahini, and I tasted the jalapeno. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, got, my nose is running. I got all of those flavors in the initial sip and in the initial. Uh, when I held it in my mouth, it's just it's just taking a little while to get the burn out, but the flavor itself was really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean that I would, you know, if I had a a, a staff, <laughs> I I would put that out for parties. I personally would not want to cut up at all the jalapenos for yeah. you know for dozens of people and do this, <laughs> but this is a shot that I would definitely put out and be well, proud to put out. No, it's definitely I mean, it's, it's a pretty shot. I mean, it's, you know, you don't usually drink a shot out of anything other than a shot glass whereas you know, we had that pickleback shot out of the pickle. Uh and That was a good one. Too. That, that was also a good one and uh this one out of a jalapeno and you really get you know the the flavor infused from the jalapeno itself and all the jalapeno juices in there. Um, but that was spicier than I expected to be spicy. I didn't expect to be that spicy. My lips are still burning. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, using, uh, you know, fruit and vegetables as, <laughs> as implements to get yourself inebriated takes me back to my childhood, of course. <laughs> but that was... Yeah, take, take a bite. Take a bite out of that uh, uh, jalapeno, Ben. Take a little bit of a... All right. Because it's the... It's the seeds, right, that give it the heat. The most so, heat. When you bite out of it, it all has heat. Yeah, well, but it's not as spicy though. It's almost, it's almost like a green bell pepper. Yeah, trust right. me. Just put the trust whole thing. Me. Just put trust the whole me. thing in. Trust me. <laughs> just put the whole thing right in your mouth. You're looking off the that the heat on the rim. Yeah, I'll be like that. That 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 cognac is. I guess it's in my mouth. <laughs> Couldn't tell gonna, you what it tastes like. We're not gonna be able to taste anything. But, after but I guess this. it's in my mouth. Oh. Uh, I have to uh, wait for that burn to go away. Just wow. a little bit. It's, they are dangerous, though, because it just smells just like a typical green yeah. pepper. Yeah. But it's not. Nope. That was interesting. Ooh, that was definitely a 10. Easy. What I about would, you? I would say a 7. 7? I would say a 7. I mean, I'm going to write that down. I expected you to be at a 10. I actually maybe should have added a little bit more lime to it. 
You always say that. Yeah. Maybe I should add more, more lime to whatever I'm, whatever I'm um, concocting. More lime. More, more lime than what I think. I'm going to get to, I'm going to make Thirsty Gold t-shirts and just say more lime. A and on the back, Thirsty Gold. lime in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my, I can't even, I can't even find my. I would want a little bit more Christmas. A little bit more lime in that one. <laughs> I might have to get, I'm going to, I'm going to have to record that. <laughs> I'll be stuck out here next. Well, next next Saturday, I'll be stuck out here waiting for the painters. Right. Yeah. Well, tomorrow actually. Uh, all right. That was good. Yes, for sure. Well, tomorrow, yeah, I'm definitely not going to be focused <laughs> enough. Uh, okay. Friday, what's next about us? Are burning. What's next on the big? board and next up on the big board ben is our beverage Ooh. of the week not sure if we'll be able to taste the next beverage but it is our uh well we don't have too many cognacs on the show i was gonna say scotch bourbon rye which is what it usually is but we don't have too many cognacs and ben we have a cognac it is from hein or heine or hine i'm not sure exactly how you would pronounce it but uh, i'm sure you have some information for us i do this is the hein or heine <laughs> Uh, it's the rare, rare, rare cognac from France. Appalachian Fine Champagne. Control VSOP. Uh, it's a blend of around 26 Eau de Vie from Grande and Petite Champagne grapes. An orchard is bathed in the long <laughs> rays of late September sun. It is early evening as the air is still warm-tempered. By a gentle breeze. The atmosphere is reminiscent of Van Gogh's Arles. Oh my God, who wrote this? And the soundtrack is the warm voice of Caesarea Evora. Aromas of roasted nectarines, ripe apricots, and succulent melon inspire the lingering first sip. Soft as brioche. Suave, yet delicate. Rare is a classic expression of the House of Hein and a benchmark. For their entire collection of cognacs, it reinterprets the fruity flavors characteristic of the white wines produced from Charente vines. I'm sure I'm pronouncing these all incorrectly, particularly from the Grand and Petite Champagne varieties. Wow. Nothing about the way it tastes, (laughs) nothing about the color, nothing about the aromas. But somebody yeah. wrote that and got paid to do it. Something about Van Gogh in there. Actually, I want to write this. I want to write these things. How hard can that be? I'm, give it a shot. I mean, what does it say? It is early evening and the air is still warm, tempered <laughs> by a gentle breeze. What is that? It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> I guess a dark so. figure came walking up the driveway. Well, you got your glass right there, Ben. Franny's like, get this thing moving. Get this thing moving. <laughs> Under three hours. Let's do it. All right, so on the nose, Ben. And we have the other scotch that we're going to taste next week that I had to, because I lost the bet. You lost the bet. It's the Glenn Ross 12-year, and we'll definitely give that a shot uh, on the podcast next week, but we've got the Hein. Rare this week. It's nice. I mean, it's got a nice nose. A little bit, it's a little fruity. It is fruity. I got a little sweet sherry honey notes on Mm -hmm. the nose. A little bit of vanilla in there. Get some stone fruit. <laughs> I don't want to say it. I get a little vanilla in there. Yeah, but it's nice, sweet, fruity. A very. I mean, it's it's not 
powerful on the nose either. I mean, it is, what is this? Uh, it's 40%. All right. So it's, uh, you know, not too high in alcohol content. But uh, cheers to you, Ben. Let's see what kind of flavors come through. Let's do it. Interesting. Very nice. Very sweet. Very smooth. Very I mean, Jesus smooth. Christ, that goes down really easily. Um, very sweet. Almost like sugar. I mean, it's like, well, I mean, well, we just had a jalapeno. So, I mean, everything every, right now, everything yeah. would taste sweet compared to jalapeno. Um, but a very nice, sweet, fruity flavor. It's definitely not harsh at all. Ooh. Very smooth. Ooh, I got um, you know, this is definitely uh, something that you want to light a cigar with. It would definitely complement a cigar for sure. I even get a little chocolate. Yeah. There's a little bit of creaminess on it as well. Nice, sweet creaminess on the finish. I'm not but getting not the overly... oak. I'm not, I mean, we have a, I have a, a review that uh, not... is talking about a little bit of an oak, a woody no. flavor. I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that, no. But then we just had a jalapeno as well, so. Kind of hard to judge after that shot. Trying to kill that jalapeno flavor. But the finish is really oh, nice. So smooth. I mean, this you could just like drink. You could just pound this stuff. But the finish it just so it wraps it up like in a nice little bow and just like, not like I wrapped it, but actually more like you wrapped it. Friday is a very good present wrapper, just for the record. I mean, not this year. You know, I was kind of disappointed this year, but, you know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Only for Christmas. Not not for your birthday, but for Christmas, yes. That is true. Friday came over with an Amazon box inside an Amazon box. <laughs> I was happy to get hey, it. Don't get me wrong. Everything was in there. Everything was in <laughs> but there. Your, your standards at Christmas are very high. Yeah, they are. Uh, but this, this finish is, it really wraps it up nice. I mean, I get that sweet sort of, you know, I don't even know what it is—a butterscotch caramel type of yeah, it type is of finish. actually very candy-like on the finish. Has a nice smooth creaminess to it. Um, the initial mouth feels a little soft, but then it finishes with that nice creamy, sweet, sugary butterscotch finish. A little bit of vanilla. This might be the best cognac because of the finish think, that we've tasted just, so far. Uh, this might be the smoothest cognac that we've had on the show so far. I mean, this is. I mean, you could just—I mean, you could definitely just pour a whole glass of this and just pound it so easily because of the sweetness, because of the the soft mouthfeel, because of the the nice, just the the finish and the nose. There's a little bit of a—it's wine. It's very balanced. I mean, all the way around. A little bit of a wine finish uh, on the end of it too. But, but I don't get some. I don't get as much of that spirity. No, not nothing at all. Uh, There's the, just a sort slight, of that spirity. Slight, yeah. slight I get burn. A lot of cognac. Just a very, I mean, if you pay attention to like that little bit of burn right on the on the finish, but I mean, you can get beyond that very easily. But this is, it's 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 probably the smoothest one that we've ever had. It's extremely smooth, which is what you would kind of expect from uh, from a cognac. That's that's good. The good stuff. I mean, right it's there. better than the pole we had. Mm-hmm. I'd say. But it's just got that richness and that thickness and that sweetness, but also, I mean, a beautiful nose. I wish it had a little bit more woodiness to it, actually. But it doesn't have, I mean, it, just, it doesn't have To supplant the that spiritiness. sweetness, yeah. It doesn't have the spiritiness no. that I've gotten for some of the other ones. No, you could you could definitely drink a lot of this and um, 
with no problem to get to get really messed up. I'm sure. Might like be it's, time it's, for a cognac taste test. I think, or a scotch taste test. Yeah, well, a taste test in general. Actually, we haven't taste tested um, the beers of your youth, Ben. Oh yeah, I yeah, gotta go we, find those. We st- you need to put. I gotta go to Total Wine, so I don't have to buy a, a, a five eighteen packs. <laughs> you you need to put together five of your favorite beers of your youth, and then we'll have a taste test of that, and and you know see which one comes out as the winner. Yeah, I'll have to go to Total Wine. Even Total Wine doesn't have all of those, all like the Bush, the Bush Light, like. Some what, of, what was the one in the green? It was like a green label. Oh, the Genesee. The Genesee. Yeah, they have yeah, some yeah. of them, but they don't. But some of them, yeah, they the don't one, even have. Yeah, not the one that you that that you enjoyed as a kid. Oh, the cream ale. Yeah, yeah the they didn't ale. have that one at Total Wine. So I, I, maybe I'll have to order it or yeah. have it delivered to Total <laughs> Wine somehow. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to have to have like eight, you know, eighteen packs because that's really that's, the only way most yeah, of these beers come. Nobody's gonna drink that. You might yeah, over time eventually. <laughs> I'd have to mow the lawn every day <laughs> for a month and a half. Just a section of the lawn. You know, one one portion one day, one portion another day. You know, you sit back with your Genesee, your Bud Light, your Coors Light, the banquet of beers, whatever. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I actually did part of the lawn today with the hand, uh, the old-fashioned oh, hand mower geez. that I, I, I have. I bought one of those. I took it in to get it sharpened, and uh-huh. it was uh, it was a lot of work. <laughs> I was bored today, so I was like, oh, let me just uh, let me try this with the hand mower. And Sonia came out, and she was like, what the hell are you doing good uh, exercise in it was because uh, you can only go in one direction yeah so you can only go forward then you got to pull it back <laughs> then you got to go forward again but it actually you know it was kind of nice because you didn't hear the engine you didn't smell the gas and yeah. the oil and all that it was actually kind of nice so your biceps were bulging your uh, triceps were bulging you know <sighs> yeah mostly uh, it was more of a yeah it was definitely more of a more of a more, of, like, a, more, a of, shoulder, a lat, a more of a lat yeah. shoulder exercise <laughs> all right Friday how would you rate this cognac um, and, and we should also note beautiful cork and wood top. On and this also, the color is a dark copper sort of, you know, look. Actually, let me hold it with the light. It's kind of dark right there. Yeah. It's oh, it's very dark. Dark, yeah. dark, dark copper. Nice sherry color. Yeah, very nice. Um, I'll rate it as far as cognacs on the show that we've had. I would say this is a ten for a cognac. But as far as all of the drinks that we've had, I would say an eight. It's a very enjoyable sipper that you can sit back for long periods of time. And you can keep on going back to this, you know, after a long day of work and unwind and just have this in your, you know, Glen Karen glass if you want to. And uh, just sort of unwind with it. It's a nice one. Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably because of all the cognacs we've tasted, this is the one I could, I could picture myself going in and grabbing it. Just want something. And just. And actually drinking drink. it on its own, which I don't normally think of a cognac to, mm-hmm. to do that with unless I, I have a cigar I'm, I'm handy. I think I'm a bigger fan of cognacs than you are, Ben. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> but this one I could see myself just sitting down, watching television, mm-hmm. relaxing with a cigar. I can see myself drinking this independent of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the first cognac that I've said that about. All right. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week, which I'll grab from the cooler in just a second. But it is from Kenya, Ben, our first beer from Africa. I'm excited to see how this thing tastes. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting, interesting flavor profile. We will taste this in two shakes. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
All right. And it has been two shakes, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Approximately (laughs) two shakes. Approximately. I'm not sure. In Kenya uh, time. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure exactly what two shakes are, but it has been two. And uh, Ben, this is our first beer from Africa. We've tried beers from all around the world, from every continent, pretty much so far, uh, from Asia, from Europe, from North America, from South America, from... Have we tried anything from Central America? I'm not even sure if that's... Uh, 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 we could try something from Ecuador. There yeah, must be a we beer. Did, we did try something. I can't remember exactly where something... Well, Ecuador is South America, but... Um, El Central America. <laughs> so, uh, so El Salvador. We tried... Uh, Panama. Fostas. We tried Fostas. Probably knows the globe like the back of his <laughs> We've hand. We've tried Fostas. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Colombia is not in Central America. <laughs> I, I, I just need to correct you right there. El Salvador and uh, Panama are in Central America. Yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. At least I got something right. <laughs> but uh, oh, Panama probably has a good beer. Um, prob- probably. <laughs> sure. Probably. He's like, I'm disappointed at your knowledge <laughs> of the globe. Uh, no, of course not. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm following. The, we, we've tried following from every the, region the of the world. The Scots from every the... region of the world, we have tried a beer. But from Africa, we have not tried a beer just yet. And I was actually excited when I saw this on the shelf at Total Wine. A Kenyan beer. It is Tusker. It's a lager, and it's the finest quality lager, apparently, from Kenya. I don't doubt it. This is from the East African Brewery Limited. Uh, Refresh your roots. The name Tusker came about as a memorial following the death of George Hurst, a co-founder of Kenya's Breweries Limited, who was killed by an elephant. (laughs) Okay. That's okay. pretty interesting to name your, your brewery. During okay. a hunting ex well, it kind of serves him right. In 1922, the brand has grown to be East Africa Breweries Limited flagship brand. Tusker is brewed from 100% African ingredients that are made and grown locally. The barley is from Savannah, is from the Savannah, and the Maasai Mara, the spring water, is from Aberdare Mountain. <laughs> And all the yeast is developed locally, which means that you feel closely connected to the brand's origins and roots. Tusker is available in 500 milliliter bottle uh, and a can. It's about 12 ounces. I think so. Let's see. Uh, What's the what are the stats on this? Uh, It's 4.2 percent alcohol. 4.2 percent alcohol. And let's see. Tusker together forever this is from the bottle uh together forever when you open a bottle of tusker you are joining the world and celebrating one of africa's great original beers tusker has been brewed with care craft and love since 1922 ever since our founder was murdered by elephants that yeah, doesn't but, say that on it but yeah the death of george Hurst as a co-founder kenyan breweries who was killed by an elephant during a hunting expedition in 1922. Okay. I mean, I love it when they say hunting expedition, like you're out there doing something amazing. I, you know, you're taking a firearm to kill an, el- an animal <laughs> that doesn't know that you're coming. It's not exactly like it's all that difficult. Yeah, well, they're pretty big animals. <laughs> they are pretty big animals. But, you know. Would I ever shoot a, an elephant? No. No, of course but, not. You know, if you're, on a, if you're fighting human beings, then okay, I'll give yeah, you I some credit for getting shoot shot. Any animal, but, you know, well, I, I eat meat, so. That they is were true. Killed that is somehow. True. <laughs> but uh, probably got too far afield there. My fault. <laughs> huh. 
Uh, but Franny, what do you think of the color of this beverage? Uh, it's nice gold in color. Looks like there's almost absolutely no carbonation whatsoever. And the carbonation that is there doesn't look like beer carbonation. It doesn't look like it's a thick sort of carbonation. It's almost like a champagne carbonation with like loose bubbles, not with the, you know, like the, the tightly locked bubbles yeah. of a beer. So you're thinking a little bit. I'm thinking maybe a little more crispness, but let's, crispness. how does it smell in the nose, Ben? Let's see. Oh, it smells nice and clean. Uh, it smells clean. It does. Yeah. It smells you know like should, a lager. It smells should, like a almost like a American lager. Yeah. Oh, Franny's got the phone out. What's happening? <laughs> hang on. Hang on. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, there we go. That that's that's probably wrong. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I sang this in my eighth grade music class. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did. We talked about this. Yeah. Thank you. High taxes in upstate New York for classes and schools that still had music and art. Yeah, we asked Mrs. Petanucci's class. Oh wow. Yeah. We used to have to drink or Petanucci. Petanucci. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we used to have to sing. We sang this. Toto, we sang. Oh uh, Joe Cocker. We sang. Uh, it was the 80s. You know. It was, yeah. There were a lot of zippers on my jacket. <laughs> it's, it's making a comeback, though. Um, but I didn't have the acid as, uh, wash. I was I mean, more of smells, a zipper guy. It smells very similar to that Ukrainian beer that we had that we didn't enjoy very much. Uh, very yeasty. Yeah, it's got a yeasty yeah. nose. It's it's yeasty, not. But it's got a nice, definitely not cold not hop. Not too much hop in there. It's got a no. nice cold lager. Yeah. Well, let's give it a shot. Man. Let's give it a shot. Or uh, nose. Sorry. All right, let's do it. Oh wow, that's about as easy to drink as it goes down really easily. You could find in a in a beer of any kind. I'm surprised there's even any alcohol in there. It's almost like drinking a juice. What do you think about the, what do you think about the crispness? It is like water. I mean it's 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 I really want a little bit more crispness. It's very very I mean it's extremely light, probably the lightest Crazy light. beer that we've ever had on this show where it's almost like so soft that you don't even it doesn't even taste like a beer almost. I mean it's just like Gotta give like Budweiser credit, man. At least they get the at least they get the carbonation in there and the crispness in there. There's almost no carbonation whatsoever. I mean, the carbonation is very light, kind of pinches the back of your throat just a little bit. But I'm surprised that you don't get more carbonation in a beer. Right? I get none. There's just a little bit of pinch that's Yeah, if it wasn't cold, I don't know how it would taste if it wasn't really cold. Hmm. It it tastes now, if, if I was sitting at a bar in Kenya, I'd be like, "This is, you know, it's good." But, um, yeah, but it's 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 flat. It's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty darn flat, actually. Yeah, I was excited to taste a beer from from Africa. But um, I wonder if I mean maybe Americans like the carbonation more so than I know. I like the Christmas. You definitely do, <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, but I wonder if it's sort of an American thing to have it just super hopped up with uh, with carbonation. I'll take another bite out of the jalapeno. All right, I'll, I'll take a little bite out of the jalapeno before we do the, the, the bedding corner. Mm-hmm. Not bad. 
We'll take it out of the glass. I'm just. Afraid, I'm not going to mm. throw it in the yard. I'm afraid the dog will eat this. You're not getting too much of the spice anymore. You say that, but um, yeah, I mean, definitely not our best beer that we've had on the show. Um, extremely light. It's very light, I but mean, I mean, it is very flat. It's it's the jalapeno adds a little bit of flavor to it, but like, it's it's super. That was flat. my goal. It's flat. It's a lager. It's smooth. It's I mean, it's smooth. Obviously, it goes down very easily. You but, know, you taste. It's got yeasty. It's weedy, but too light, too watery. Definitely not one of our best beers. But I, I also didn't you know expect a ton from this one. Well, I mean, but it says Tusker. I mean, the guy was killed by an elephant. For crying out loud. You got to show him a little bit more respect. Yeah. Where would you rate this though, Ben, on our uh, Thurston Goal rating scale of beers? Probably about a four. Yeah, I would say about probably about a two. Yeah, two? I'd, I'd put it up there with the Boddingtons. Damn, the Boddingtons of the world. Yeah, that's the greatest beer. Yeah, we're gonna have to find a good beer from Africa. It's got to be. I mean, Kenya would have a good beer. I bet South Africa's got to have a good. This beer. is from Kenya, or another one. Another good beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm sure maybe I'll find something else on the shelf from uh, from Africa. But this one, hmm, even, if, even if it just had a little bit more carbonation, it would be so much better. Because light. Yeah, I mean, if this, just, if this had a, a pop, pinch, it, would be, yeah. it would be good. I mm-hmm. mean, if, if this had a pop, it would be better than Bud. This with a pop yeah. would mm-hmm. be better than Bud. It would be. The flavor's better, but mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no pop. There's yeah, no, the flavor... The flavor's there, but just no carbonation. Yeah, I mean, this is like, uh, reminds me of a beer from, you know, from the Caribbean, but with no carbonation. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Well, we'll try another one. We'll continue. Jalapeno's good. (laughs) Friday's going to finish that jalapeno. Do you finish it? Pretty much. All right. Any seeds in there? No seeds. That's why I'm. That's why I'm able to eat it. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is your betting corner. Oh, the betting corner is back and in full effect. Okay, mate. So I got hammered. I got hammered last week. Although there is, you know, Mike Tyson has a fight coming up. Does he really? Uh, November twenty eighth against Roy Jones. It's, oh, this wow. is the uh, this is the almost Medicare eligible <laughs> fight of this. I mean, these guys will do anything for money. Uh, but uh, actually, Roy Jones Jr. is favored plus one sixty five over Tyson at minus two hundred one. I got to figure out a place to watch that where I can get it for a, a reasonable price because I would like to watch. Two old fight. guys, two old guys going at it. Yeah, I mean, maybe Shiba would like to watch that one. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, uh, Roy Jones is a good fighter, but <sighs> he was a good fighter. Yeah, just like Mike Tyson was a good fighter. Yeah, but Roy Jones was a good fighter for a longer period of time. Yeah. All right, we're going to go through these games as fast as we can. First up, Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers favored by seven over under forty seven. Front. Um, hmm. I can see the Steelers win this by seven. 
I could definitely see them winning this by seven points. And uh, I mean, if Ben Roethlisberger does play, and he's rumored to yeah, be a starter, he's, right? He's going to play. And God forbid, he's, he's only been in the league but for I, 17 I see, years. He definitely has to practice. I see this going over 40, over 47, for yeah. sure. The only play in this game, I would take the over at 47. If I were, if I were looking to gamble, I would take, God forbid, I would take the Bengals on the money line at plus 267 because this could be this could be a game the Steelers could potentially lose. Oh. I'd like them to win, uh, but at plus 267, given the history between these two teams, I could see the Bengals. With Joe Burrow, I could see the Bengals winning this game. Uh, next up, Washington at the Detroit Lions. Is it Detroit? 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 I don't know. Detroit. Uh, Detroit Lions favored by three over under 46. Um... I could see under 46 in this one. Washington can't score a lot of points. You know, Detroit hasn't been really lighting it up this season. I see it being maybe a 24-17 affair, Detroit winning it. Yeah, I like, I actually, I, I like to play on the under, or the over, I'm sorry, or the under. Uh, but I also like the teaser here. Wait, Washington. Is my, is, my, is my math correct on that one? What's 24, that? 24-17. 24-17. That's, that's okay, yeah. <laughs> well, it always seems higher than it is. It does, it yeah. does. Uh, but I'm going to take Washington on a teaser with the under that was a spicy jalapeno actually yeah. i probably shouldn't have eaten that much of the jalapeno uh, i told you <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna push the washington i'm gonna push that washington down to minus or uh to plus nine because i think washington actually has a chance to win this game outright mm-hmm. and push the under down to 40 i think that's a nice tasty bet uh next up houston texans at the cleveland browns the browns favored by four over under 45.5 Fronic. i'd say over 45 and a half Interesting. The overs have been hitting this year. I think that I think that's a that's a Cleveland, that's a very Cleveland can throw up points. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Or they can throw up none. Houston can. You also. just don't know. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. But that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's true. That's they the way four, games can play. They yeah, scored sure, 30, thirty-five <laughs> points a few weeks ago. Uh, I like the Texans in this game on uh, plus four. Mm-hmm. I think the Texans could win this game outright. I'm going to take the Texans at plus four. Uh, Jacksonville at Green Bay. Green Bay favored by 14. The yeah. over-under is 47 and a half. I see them winning by at least 14 points in this one. Interesting. I do. And uh, if they throw up points, uh, I could see them winning over 47 and a half. At least not winning, but uh, I could see the over at 47 and a half. Yeah, this is an interesting game. This is the most bet game in the country right now this week on Green Bay. So much like the stock market, when everybody is selling, I'm buying. When everybody is buying, I'm selling. I'm going to take the Jags plus 14. All right. Only because everybody and their mother and their father and their uncle and their aunt is betting on Green Bay. I'm going to take the Jags plus 14 in this game. Mm-hmm. Just as a as a as a contrary play. <laughs> uh Eagles at Giants. Ooh, the Eagles. I got this game at three. The Eagles are favored by four. Over under is 44. It was three earlier in the week, and I took the Eagles at minus three. Uh, I can see the Eagles winning within eh, about three. I mean, it's not. It's, I think it's going to be a close game, just like the last game was. It's a division game. It's a tough game, but I see over 44. I agree. I'm going to take the Eagles minus four and the over 44 on a teaser. Take the Eagles down to plus two and the over down to 38. Uh, next up, Bucks at Panthers. Mm, don't know about this one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored Minus six. The over-under is 51. That's a high over-under this year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What do you think? 
that's a tough one. I don't know. I, I would stay. I would just stay away from that one, especially after the way the Bucks played last weekend. Uh, and the Panthers are sort of hot and cold. I'm not sure. I wouldn't touch it. No McCaffrey here. I'm I'm taking. I'm going to take the Panthers to win the game outright plus 223. It's not a safe bet. It's not a advisable bet, but I'm going to take the Panthers to win this game outright plus 223. Double your money. Uh, next up, Broncos at the Vegas Raiders. Raiders minus 3.5 over under 50.5. Hmm. Also a tough one. What do you say, Ben? It's your betting uh, corner. Yeah, I'm not really particularly interested in this game. If I had to bet it, I would... If I had to bet it, I would take the over at 50.5. If I had to. Uh, next up, Bills at Cardinals. The mm. Cardinals are getting to are giving away two and a half points at home over under 56. Ooh, that's a high that's a high one right there. Yeah, the Bills are scoring, Cardinals are scoring. <laughs> but this is a I mean, this is probably the marquee matchup, you know, on the board this mm. week. In terms of, you know, solid teams playing solid teams. I don't know. I don't know about this one. What do you think, Ben? I, I, I I'm going to take I, the Bills. I, I mean, I, I'm this, getting like, away from my teasers later in the year. I would not touch these last three games that we talked I would not touch these. And even the next one. I'm going to take the Bills to win outright at plus 122. Mm-hmm. I don't need the points. The Bills are going to win this game. Uh, next up, Seattle Seahawks at the LA Rams at SoFi. Rams minus three over under 54.5. I'm taking the Seahawks for the win. You gotta take them plus one thirty one uh-huh. to win. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, I'll take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hedge my bet here. I'm gonna take the Seahawks on a teaser, push it up to plus nine, take the over down to forty eight point five, just to be safe. But I think the Seahawks will win this game. Next up, Niners at the Saints. The Saints are favored by nine and a half points mm-hmm. at home over the Niners. Over under is forty nine point five. Uh, you know, I, I would, I would take the Saints at nine and a half. Really? Yeah. I think the Saints are going to win by ten or more. Well, they just kicked the Bucks' ass. Yeah, I could, I could see them beating the Niners, uh, pretty handily in this one. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna take the under. I'm take the under forty nine point five. I agree with you. The Saints are going to win. I, I don't see. Niners defense still pretty good. Niners are not going to score any points. Saints might not have to score that many points. I'm a, I think the under is the only play I would make in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, next up, Ravens at Patriots. Ravens minus seven. And the over-under is 43.5. I'll take the over 43 and a half. Interesting. You think the Patriots can score, or you think the, the Ravens are going to score 43 the, and a half points I, I, themselves? I think the Ravens can score a, a few points against the Patriots, yeah. I don't disagree. I like the over, but I really like, I really like the Patriots to win this game outright. Ooh. Plus 274. I think this is the game where the Pats are going to show they are not under the dock. They're <laughs> not dead quite yet. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm not worried about the draft. I don't draft <laughs> players so they can play. Uh, Chargers at Dolphins. Oh, Dolphins minus two at home. Over under 48.5. Interesting. Okay. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. You know, I, I see the Dolphins actually winning this one by more than two points. 
I do. I, I think it's maybe seven, maybe ten. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I'll take the Dolphins minus two. I mean, I just I feel bad for Herbert, but you need better coaching. Okay, last game: Vikings at Bears. The Vikings favored by three on the road. Over under forty three point five. I'll take the over forty three. You like those overs? I do. Franny likes his overs. I'm going to take the Vikings minus three. I think the Vikings are going to win this game potentially uh, by ten. I just I think the Bears are cooked. Mm-hmm. They are like a a turkey in an oily pot in the backyard, a proper distance away from the house. All right, Fran, that's it for the betting corner. All right. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping to finish up the show. Oh, that's depressing. All right, everybody. Since 2018, we've been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head to our website at thirstygold.buzzproud.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes, all 97 of them. You can check out the show notes and get links to all the stories that we cover, all of the cognacs, the scotches, the bourbons, the rise that we review, as well as all the beers from across the globe that we review each and every week. You get links to all the podcatchers in the universe. You can download our show directly from there. But please, if you have a podcatcher, especially Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. How many stars, Ronnie? Five stars, Ben. Smash it. Pound it. Elbow that thing right into the ground. Please give us a five-star review. You can email us at podcastthirstandgoal at gmail.com. If you'd like us to answer a question on the show, you can call us and leave a voicemail at the show at the phone number that is listed in the show notes as well. You can follow us on my very average Twitter account at Goal Thirst and on Frane's amazing artistic renaissance-like Instagram account at Thirstand and check out all the photography of everything that we do on the show all the beverages that we taste, as well as our taste tests, and uh, from time to time, other photography back in the day when Sonia used to actually care to come out and take pictures of us doing the show. Uh, but we really appreciate you all listening. Franny, anything to add before we wrap up? Thank you. Episode 98. So very much, everybody, for listening out there. All right. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.